From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Friends, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey, and this is Mark. Hiya. Tonight we're talking about freaks. You're one of us. I so am not. You are. Yep. You are. You're totally one of us, and I'm one too. Space Brains are totally <laughs> freaks. This is a 2020 German superhero film directed by Felix Binder and written by Mark Osang. Turn back now if you haven't seen this film, because we're going to go into all the juicy spoilers. Warning, warning. Warning, warning, danger. And when you do watch it, tune back in and listen to what we have to say, and you can then start shouting at us for getting it all wrong. Yeah, or letting us know that we're totally right, as I know that we are. Sorry, unlike you. Have some confidence. I enjoyed Freaks. Freaks, uh, you're one of us. I enjoyed it on many levels, uh, but let Let's let the audience know just a little bit about it. So you've seen it yourselves and now you're coming back to listen to us. Uh, it is following the story of Wendy. She's a shy fry cook who is tipped off by a homeless man that she's like him. She's one of us. She's one of them. Or she's one of them. She's one of something. <laughs> she's one of something and learns pretty quickly that, in fact, that means she has superhero powers and they're suppressed by the government mm, handing out these little blue little blue pills. Little blue pills. Or were they green pills? They're blue. They're blue. <laughs> Just because what we talked about, the red and blue last week with the Matrix. Uh, and as the story progresses, not only does she learn about these superhero powers, but she also learns about this greater government conspiracy and all of that puts her family in danger. It sure does. I think I think I like this style of superhero film more so than the more fantastical variety. Yeah. This, I mean this is sort of more like that unbreakable style uh, or um uh, what was that one called uh, Al- was it Almanac? Project Almanac? Yeah, I haven't seen that or actually. Or is it Yeah. Oh, I just, I don't I don't remember what it's called necessarily, but that one's pretty good. That was about like these four teenagers who find like a, a crashed meteorite. Yeah, right. And from that encounter, they gain superpowers. Yeah, right. Okay. And it's sort of a a, a um, found footage handy cam mm. job where they decide to document yeah. what they're doing, and that actually that, it starts off thinking that's going to be one way, but it, it's this same sort of you know real life consequences of superpowers and what it's really would be like to be a superhero or to have superpowers. Yeah. It's um and so I, I really like this because I I do struggle with the some of the fantastic superheroes where it's like, oh I've got superpowers and and suddenly I'm like super cool and I have this yeah. amazing outfit and I'm yeah. just confident and amazing. It's 
just kind of yeah. It it it's. I'm glad you're raising this now. I was going to talk about it a bit later, but to me, it's a wannabe superhero movie. But I don't mean it wants to be like Iron Man or Thor or Spider Man or anything like that. What I mean is, it's sort of like the key character. The story is like they're a wannabe superhero. They're a bit unsure of what that actually means. So in those traditional superhero films, like you were just saying, they go, you know, Peter Parker goes really quickly, rapidly from, you know, high school nerd to like this super cool, super powerful Spider-Man, right? Like it's in the blink of an eye, you know? And and, and he also learns that great, you know, moral, you know, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Um and it's like to me these these kind of films and I've you've listed a couple it they're these wannabe superheroes so they're a bit unsure of what it means to be a superhero and, and the world they're in isn't set up for superheroes no it's not at all and it's it's also like so it's much more the reality we're in like it's a let's chuck a superhero into a normal world and what would that be like um, it reminded me more of I don't know if you've ever seen Woody Harrelson in the Defender or Kickass. I saw Kick-Ass, yes. Or Super with Rain Wilson. And those films are much darker than this film. Like they are, they're kind of a much bleaker. If you've ever seen... Super to me is probably the best out of those three. I actually looked these back up because it's been quite a few film, quite a few years sorry, since I've seen these films. And like Kick-Ass is dark and The Defender has some dark moments. But have you ever seen Super? No. With no. Rain... Like it gets pretty bleak in there with the way the superhero... Like, he's not, because he's not a superhero, you know? So, he's just literally, it's just a really violent, becomes a very violent world because they're trying to be superheroes. Um, so, it, it to me, this film, Freaks, uh, You're One of Us, had a bit of that going on in it, but they were still uh, superheroes. Um, was there any other references that you felt were in this movie to superhero movies? Uh, one of them, I, I think Hancock a bit. Yeah. Because there's a, a point in Freaks where Electro Man, Elmer, he talks about... Uh, I, I know someone mentions, you know, they're going to, you know, catch us. The, the police, they'll, they'll, they'll come after us. Yeah. And he points out, and what are they going to do exactly? Yeah, that's right. And that's the same... That's the primary, uh, I think, dilemma in Hancock, is Hancock's yeah. like a superhuman. Mm like Superman style thing and he's he, he's not reliable he's he's not heroic yeah but the question yeah, and, he, and he he causes damage and he's yeah. you know he's a problem and the question is well, well what's anyone going to do about it mm. yeah, there's no prison that could stop him there's no way they can actually even catch him if they yeah, yeah and and this is this is a dilemma i think that is uh gets well, it has to be faced in these superhero movies. X Men is, is a perfect example, as yeah. where uh, Magneto points out, you know that, and I, and I think it's a true sentiment that if you did have these superhumans arising, inevitably there there would be disharmony. Yes, because at one point or another, like if I'm invulnerable and have super strength, for example, mm. inevitably. Maybe not me personally because, like, I'm a computer programmer. But you could imagine, yeah, you you'll encounter a situation where you would normally, if you were a normal person, you would back down and you'd go, "Okay, I'm going to avoid this. This is dangerous." Or, or the police are sitting there saying, "Right, you know, get out of the car. We're going to search you." You say, yeah. "No, I'm late for my appointment. Now get out of the car." And he's like, 
you know what? You can't actually make me. No. You know, they hit you with a taser and you just kind of look at them. Yeah. And with a, with a flick of your hand, you, you knock them down and you just yeah. go, well, piss off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, they, and, and they, and, you know, they pull their guns or whatever. They, yeah. And you just laugh as the bullets bounce off you and they try to handcuff you. And, you know, they've got no recourse. No, none none of the yeah. usual enforcement processes will work on you. Mm. And as a result, you, you become, you're above the law, really. You are, yeah. Yeah. And that's um, and the more powerful the mutant or superhero, yeah, the more likely this is to happen. Mm. Where you're just kind of immune to consequences, yeah. And and eventually, so, become powerful enough to be immune to consequences. Yeah, and and look, I thought this film there was a lot of references to X Men, like not necessarily totally deliberate references, but it really felt like a connection to X Men. And I'm not, I'm not exactly. Um, th- talking about the X-Men movies, I just mean that theme that the X-Men go for, that we have the mutants outside of the society and society kind of doesn't like the mutants. And so there's that kind of constant struggle between the good and the bad mutants, which, you know, the X-Men are the good mutants and you got all those sort of bad mutants. And it's exactly what... Um, oh, what's his name? It's been a while since I've done the X-Men. Because uh, I go back to the comics with X Men, but um, you know the main villain. What's his name? He's like Electro Man. Was it Magneto? Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. That's it. And he, you know, that's what he basically does, right? Like he he basically gives up on humans, and so he just becomes a bad guy because of that. And that's what sort of happens with Electro Man as well. Is that in Freaks? You know, he's kind of like, well, we're above the law. What is it? You know, we don't need to be good. What are they going to do? They're stopping us anyway. You know. Why yeah. not? Why not take back the power? And 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 in this film especially, it's it's showing you that the government is giving everyone the little pills to to keep the humans kind to keep the mutants at bay or the superheroes at bay and to keep the humans kind of more powerful, right? Like diminish their power. So it's kind of to me, it's a similar idea to to X Men. Yeah, I really so, felt like there was a connection. And, and I, I think that conflict would be inevitable. Yeah, where you, because. Because of that, you know, the human laws and so forth would not work. You'd need a superhuman to enforce laws on other superhumans. Mm. And then, adult, you know, humans just then just become like insects. They do, yeah. 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 And, and, and uh, in particular because, and this is my number one takeaway from yeah. Freaks. Oh, yeah. Number one takeaway from Freaks, superpowers are economically worthless. Oh, Okay. And this causes frustration. <laughs> and uh, I have often contemplated this. There's a TV series a while back called Heroes. It had a absolute cracker first season. Yeah, it did. Uh, and there was like a writer's strike, strike during the yeah. second season. And yeah. so it kind of went downhill. It was a bit nothing. But watch the first season. Yep. It's fantastic. And in that one, there's a politician guy whose brother is, uh, you know, thinks he's has mental health issues. Yeah. And it's because he's a superhero yeah. or super powered and kind of doesn't really know it or isn't allowed to express it. But he finds out that his brother, this politician guy all along actually had superpowers. Yeah. And could yeah. fly. Yeah. And there's just this bit where he says, yeah, yeah but wake up. I can, I can fly. Mm. How does that help me in the slightest? <laughs> I can get on an aeroplane already. Yeah, you know, I'm not invincible. I I, I fly too fast and it hurts. Mm. 
yeah. if I hit the ground, I die. You're like, I can't do anything with the yeah. flight. Yeah. And and that has always always struck me uh, is that you can't earn money with it. Like what? Like okay, you can fly. Maybe you're a performer. But how yeah. long does that last? And how how big can you really be? Like, yeah. Well, I suppose in this film, uh, Malik, the homeless man, is uh, invincible. Invincible. And Wendy is kind of like super strong. Yeah. And uh, then Elmer is like electricity or something, right? Yeah. Electro man. All three of them, you would imagine the government would be interested in hiring to have as spies or secret agents or something like Test that. Test pilots. Test pilots, yeah. Elon uh, Musk could chuck them in a rocket. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, like, would you send them out in space, like astronauts? Could they, like, you know, so there would be money. I think there'd be money that way. It would be hard to come across, but, yeah, I mean, being super strong, uh, you know, you probably get disqualified from sports. Really. Oh, yeah. you're done with sports and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's just it, more military. That's all. That's the only way you could work. I think. Uh, yeah, because we've got. But then, but then that's the question, isn't it? It's kind of almost like if you could build a indestructible robot or something, right? Or a force field that deflects all weaponry. Does the war continue? You know. So if you suddenly said we have all these superheroes. Hmm. Would anyone? Would they be? Would Germany now be the superpower? <laughs> which, is, which is dangerous. Well, talking. this comes back to the boys. Have you watched the the boys? No, I have never oh, watched okay, that. So I know of it. Yeah. Well, in that there's there's a guy Homelander who's you know, Superman equivalent. Mm. You know, he shoots laser beams out his eyes. He can yeah. fly. He's strong, invincible. Yep. And yeah, there's there's a, a plot line in there where the uh, superhero organization. Mm. gets them into military yep allows them to engage in military service and it's appalling where it's like he turns up and you know there's a cracked seal team and they're all like you know doing their stealth stuff and he just kind of walks up and goes oh hi guys so targets in there yeah okay he just strolls on in and the guards are alerted and he just flicks one of them away and goes into the building these guys come up with machine guns to shoot him he just uses his heat vision to slice through them all. Like, it's just yeah, right. carnage. Yeah. People just dying and exploding. This whole place explodes up. They shoot a rocket into him and nothing happens. And <laughs> and it's just devastation. And then he walks out with whatever the, the briefcase or whatever was and says, there you go, boys, and walks off. And there's this SEAL team sitting there going, well, I feel pretty useless now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he just walked in a machine gun fight and just like, killed about 20 or 30 people. Yeah, in one... With a, with a gla- literal glance of his yeah. eyes, you know. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and then it, it, the full circle is then, do they then at some point, like he would be bored with that? And so he'd be like, well, why do I, Why am I doing this for you guys? Going, well, yeah. You know, like, that comes watch, back to watch the boys. <laughs> as oh, the, okay. These huh. issues are all brought up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, tell me though, was this hope, warning or experiment? I think experiment uh, because basically we are dealing with our current society in this film, although it's Germany, it's very like for like for I think most Western societies, the way it's portrayed. However, we then have the introduction of superheroes, superpower or, you know, people with specific powers uh, and these are not accepted by society and so therefore dulled down. The film, although ends on a high note, like you are a freak and you will come with us as we will all be freaks. You know, you have some sort of superpower, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little message, isn't it? <laughs> you poor little humans. You'll have something. We'll get we'll get you doing something. But 
Like there was kind of like a unity idea at the end, but the film does not solve the experiment, I suppose. So that that's no. why I looked at it not so much as hope because although it ends on a hopeful note, it's not solving the problem. Like we could no. go further. No, you know, it's, it's not, it's not presenting the solution to problem, that problem with, and here's, here's a path out of it. That's yeah. going to be beneficial. Yeah. Which sort of comes she, with the hope. You know, at the end, Wendy is saying like, you know, we will come together and unite like the superheroes and we'll show everyone that they're all freaks and, and it's a positive, hopeful end, but it, you know, the story would have had to, continue to see what actually happens from there because i think x-men probably actually show you that no the unity never comes you know if you if you actually go and read a bucket load of x-men there's, mm. there's always that debate about putting the mutants down and the mutant and then the mutants rising up and you know so that that circle of human trusting the superpowers you know the superheroes so i feel that it's more of an experiment than yeah the other two um do you think, sorry, that superheroes would be treated like this? Is this a good example of how superheroes you think would be treated? Like we would dull them as children, like this film suggests? Because that's kind of the impression I got, wasn't it? It's like the, this psychologist who worked for the government arm was sort of keeping an eye out maybe for freak incidences with children and at a young age getting in medicated yeah. and then keeping them medicated for life. I, I think... I think it depends on the uh, level of superpowered people. Yeah. If there was very few, like, like yeah, it's like one in a million or mm. or something ridiculously small, I don't think there'd be anything like because they'd be so uh, insignificant in the grand scheme of the world. Yeah. That they would kind of disappear into the background numbers. Yeah. Something would which, probably which kill always them. is one of these. Things that I also think about rather than like, okay, you're a superhero and yeah, you can't really do anything to earn any extra money. You, We've got technology already which can lift heavy objects mm. and fly. And, you know, like yeah. there's not a lot for you to do. We also, but uh, the other side of this problem here is the evil villain turns up yes. and says, I'm here <laughs> to conquer the world. And I always think the world should just turn around and say, we are conquered. You yeah. are now the ruler of the universe. <laughs> now what? Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought that far ahead. No. But even if that one evil villain then says, okay, well, build me a palace. Okay, we'll build you a palace. Hmm. Okay, and fill it with gold, if you like. Here's like a whole reserve pile of gold. You know, we use Bitcoin now, so Okay. <laughs> And, you know, I want servants and slaves. Okay, here's a whole bunch of people working for you. Like, like Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole rest of the world would just continue on. Yeah, yeah. Because this guy's influence and power and, and abilities would only go so far. Yeah, would. Like, unless they were truly at a godlike level. Yeah. But then why the heck do they want to just conquer the world, you know? Mm. So it's the same sort of thing. So if you only had a couple of superheroes about the place... Mm. Yeah, someone who's like super strong, you know, like it might make the bit of news. Oh, isn't this peculiar? Someone lifted a car off a baby. You know, like, yeah, that's interesting. You know, but it would you get the occasional YouTube clip or something. People go, oh yeah, okay, but no real. Yeah, even if they became a criminal, like yeah. super strong criminal, okay, they they punch into like a, an ATM and pull out some cash. Yeah, you got like ten grand. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, it's You're covered not, by like, insurance. 
like normal people, villains, criminals do that already. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's this. But if you had uh, heaps of villains, like it was one in a hundred or something, or yeah. one in ten, then no, you still wouldn't have the government control because there'd be so many. You'd have organizations built up yeah. to um, appropriately. You know, you'd have schools. You'd have like X Men. You'd have you'd have schools for these people mm. where they'd learn to you know operate within a society. So but if you have, that was my question, right? You, you're going the positive. But route, if you right? have a critical number, so enough that their presence would be a danger, mm. like you know, if you didn't sedate them, there'd be enough instances, like at the start, where Wendy throws a desk through a wall and mm. through a teacher, mm. where you'd be getting like you know deaths occurring from accidents, basically, yeah. or you'd get criminal gangs forming of superhero, you know, mm. superpowered people. That would uh, cause then problems. you know you got that got enough to cause the problems, but you don't have so many that you've got organisations forming which self manage. Yeah. You would have to come in and you'd have to sedate in some way. You'd you'd have to take control in a way that minimised harm. Mm. And I think that's what this case here is. the The doctor, yeah, she wasn't malicious. She wasn't no. performing no. experiments on them. Even it was just no. literally just giving them some effectively antidepressants, but it's yep. anti-superpower sort of thing, and trying to get them to live in incorporated in society. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think then if you have that critical level, which they had in this film, that yes, you'd get something like this where you'd get some effort, you know, some people would know about it, it would be brought to the attention of authorities of some sort, and yep. they would, you know, in this case it's a government, but it could equally be a private organization, you know, yeah, treating it like a treat, medical district. treating them, um, or whatever, you know, so sure. And, uh, do you have any favorite scenes? I loved the typical hooligan male drinking scene where every, she walks by every superhero her, film has one, yeah. You know, she she walks by once and, and and always makes you think in films like I get I kind of get the point of doing it in a story, but she walks by this you know three rough looking guys in a dark neighborhood car park on the way home. She's in her little mini skirt from the diner, and of course you know they start kind of doing nineteen thirties construction site men sort of behavior, wolf whistling and oh yeah baby, her, hey, yeah, come on baby. baby, come over here. And uh, you know, she keeps walking and it always it always makes you think, why would you walk back through that? Or if you notice them, why would you continue? And then of course later in the film, which once she's kind of discovering her superpowers, she she walks past again and they do the same sort of behavior and so then she stops and confronts them, which is fine. She verbally confronts them. And then sort of stands up to them and says, you know, yeah, well, let's go at it right now. And they, they ignore her at first and then, no, don't stand up to me. I'm going to now beat you up. Um, but that just the way that then it was unveiling her strength was pretty cool. I reckon that it just picked, she just picked those guys up and threw them around. Um, it was a bit like Hancock. It was a bit of a similar sort of special effect, wasn't it? But I liked those special effects, the way that she kicked and punched and they went flying off into the ether, so to, so a, to speak. A bit over the top, yeah. Yeah, like way over the top, really. But um, I think it's way over the top, but it's also that in all those years that you do watch things like We Grew Up on Superman, those kind of movies, they didn't have those special effects available. And of course, yeah, Superman punches or punches a hole through a wall. It's one thing, but 
realistically, yeah, he could probably punch someone across, you know, hundreds of meters, right? Probably but you punch never saw through it. them. Yeah, probably actually would punch through them. So again, watch the boys. <laughs> so so it's kind of it's it's good to see an example like this where it is so over the top because in reality, I think that's what it would be. So well, that was a favorite scene of mine. You've got to assume that she was using all of her strength yeah because she didn't realize how much strength she had so that's she's it, like yeah yeah <laughs> those poor guys yeah. <laughs> she, she basically just killed them like yes there's no way that you could be thrown into a pole like that without yeah well i did think that like she's and then later that, and then it's the same later it's a, it's a nice touch of the writing because then later when all those when they try to break out the um the other superheroes from the medical facility and then uh, they fail, and then when they get out to the car park, the guards, security, whatever, surround them, and Elmer, Electro Man, kind of just electrocutes them all, and then then they and they run off, and then she says, "You don't know they could be dead," and and he's like, "Yeah, but they're going to get us," and it's like it's a good point, isn't it? When they don't know their own strength or their own capabilities, mm-hmm. that therefore they don't, they're just like, "Oh, I'm defending myself," and they might just annihilate. So what you just said, that other guy walking in and zapping and 30, killing 30 people just like that, you know, whereas they, once they know their strength, you know, then they can understand how they to maybe they can moderate. moderate and I think Electro Man does get that because he seems to be able to just kind of give people little zaps to stun them. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think though that scene where Elmar does zap all those guards and it's unknown what their fate is. Yeah. The problem those guards did is they escalated the encounter to mm. fatal force. Yeah, they did. They, they pulled did. guns, yeah. which is basically threatening, saying, if you don't comply, we will kill you. Yeah. Which means that they've got a choice of either, okay, capitulating, and thus they know they're going to be imprisoned and, Definitely. and sedated. Yep. Or if they try to run for it or do anything else, they're going to be killed. So yeah. you kind of, it's a bit of a coin toss there. You might as well kill them. Yeah, and if we were in that situation, what would we do too? You know, like you would save yourself, right, as best as possible. I know, being able to sit in the room and just paint all day, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, really, those guards should have approached with maybe... Like, brochures. Like saying, a, a, you come in, you get try, to be painting. Maybe just with their hands at first saying, hey, okay, guys, we've got you surrounded. Yeah. Calm down, let's go easy. Because then it's more likely, like there's no longer a fatal threat there, mm. which means your response to that would be less fatal. Like yes. you'll probably run for it. Yeah. And then they'll tackle you yeah. or try to, you know, yeah. like anyway. They didn't go. have to lift it to that. What was your viewing experience like? What was your first impression? What was your feelings? What, how did this film make you uh, feel about superheroes? I, well, I quite, I quite got a very German feel. Mm-hmm. Like, and not just from the language, but I've watched a couple of uh, German or in, and a couple of Nordic shows. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in particular, Dark. Have yep. you seen Dark? Do you know that it's the same writer here? Same writer as Dark. Yeah, I did not there know you that. go. Mark O'Sing. Well, okay. Well, so Dark is obviously it's a German science fiction film, yep. uh, TV, TV series, show, which yeah. I thoroughly recommend. It will, you, you probably have to binge all three seasons. Yep. Because if you stop between them and you forget things, and then you'll go crazy trying to remember them. <laughs> so. So, but there's sort of something similar to the way the dialogue and the action was shot and the lighting Mm. and, and 
Yeah, just there was some similarity there that I went, ah, oh, this feels German. And I've seen a few other things, even back on SBS watching, what's that one with that dog, police detective? Um, don't know. <laughs> no, as was... a German shepherd oh, police detective. His yeah. name was... I Solves the crime. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like, yeah. is it, you can imagine... K9, is it, or something? No, or no, it was a name of, of a dog anyway. Uh, so if you could imagine Lassie, but it was a German Shepherd and a police dog. dog, that sort of sort of thing. But it had that same colour tones, maybe, the, the similar... Anyway, yeah, there's right. something, something that made me go, this is very German. Like, even if I didn't mm. hear the words, even if I was speaking English, I'd think... Uh, you know, a German director, or, or this was produced in Germany. There's something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of TV shows I've also watched. The The Rain, which is uh, Swedish. Swedish or Norwegian? Oh, God. If you're Swedish or Norwegian, listen to this. <laughs> Correct you, us. Correct, sorry. You know what I'm talking about. There's another one, though, which is definitely Norwegian, which is uh, um, Ragnarok, which is it's, 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 it's a superhero one. It's about this kid who's kid you know he's a teenager of some sort they they move home to Trondheim no not Trondheim Juntenheim or where it is <laughs> some freaking village or other which is and, and it's like it's like the, the Norse mythology yeah yeah being played out and he's like Thor sort of thing anyway you gotta watch it to understand it but again it has similar filming and I'm wondering if that's a, a typical sort of that sort of mid through Northern European look, like that's that's why made the way they make cinema there. You know, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. schools do that there. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it it was it was nice. I sat and watched it out on the real TV with my wife, and um, while the kids are in bed. Yep. It was it was a very nice little watch. Did you do German or did you German with subtitles? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I this started automatically for me. With the English um, dub. dub over, and after about three or four minutes, I was like, "No, I can't do it. I've got to go German. I've got to go the German." Yeah, no, I, I can do the dub for animation, but yeah, but yeah, it doesn't quite work out for real action. They can't get no. the right sound. Uh, you come from Germany, don't you? At some point in your life, are uh, you one of these yeah, German absolutely. superheroes? Uh, I I was born in Essenheim, yeah, uh, north of. Germany near Mainz. I think you can pronounce the actors' names in a few moments. Yes, so uh, I will give it a shot. Your sisters I? and your brothers. <laughs> yes, my uh, my Schwester and Brother. They. I moved over though, so I I speak German about as well as a four-year-old or a three-year-old speaks. Still better than me, because that's that's when I moved over to Australia. Uh, so, uh, I work with a couple of colleagues who are more recently German, mm. and. Yeah, they they correct me and <laughs> have a laugh because I say, "Look, treatment." Imagine I'm a four year old saying these things. Yeah, and then it suddenly makes sense. And you go, oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's quite because. But I am a freak, yes, obviously. Yeah, we're all freaks here. What's a science fiction thing or creative thing you're up to then? Oh man, this this past couple of weeks, it's all been about trying to sell my house. So there's not not a lot of. That you know, I've I've been doing uh, cleaning and gardening and getting the house fixing ship shape and fixing shiny. pergolas and and yep. finishing off kitchens and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, having said that, though, uh, I finished watching The Mandalorian, right? Uh, the Tick, which is a, a superhero film, but a TV show, but it's yep. sort of a comedy. Yep, yep. Based off a cartoon. There is a movie, The Tick, isn't there? I think. I feel uh, like there was a movie in the nineties, The Tick. I'm pretty sure there might have been a movie, yeah, yeah. like a comedy superhero comedy movie yeah. thing. It's it's quite it's it's a cozy comedy. Yeah, it's nothing astounding, but it's quite quite. Friendly and pleasant to watch. That's good. And um, oh, and yeah, Carnival Row. So that's what I've sort of been watching lately. And what's Carnival Row? Your Carnival Row is a steampunk urban fantasy. Oh right. So it's it's Orlando Bloom. It took us a while to figure that one out because <laughs> we're looking, going. Is he? He's from The Hobbit or something. Was he the um, the guy who shoots the dragon? No, it doesn't quite look like that, but. I recognise, I rec- and then finally it comes up, you know, executive producer Orlando Bloom, act starring Orlando Bloom. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he's he's made himself a TV show to be in. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Why not? If he could do that, why not? But it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's, it's sort of a conflict between fairies and humans. Okay. In a you know uh, Victorian esque yeah, yeah sort of universe, not at all Earth. Like it's amazing of all of these, uh, you know, like even this film, Freaks, was basically just commissioned by Netflix. And just when you're saying, was that show like a um, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime yeah. show? You know, like, so we've got these, all these different, you know, the Mandalorians, Disney, you know, all these streaming services. And then they're all, they're, they must have such a demand for new stories then, hey, because they just seem to be pumping out the well, amount in, of in stories. particular genre. Yeah, yeah. Because T like we've just had this renaissance, amazing influx of of stuff. There's all this new Star Trek stuff, there's Picard, yeah, there's yeah. Discovery, there's yeah. um and then there's that new Lost in Space thing yeah. and uh and they're kind of the, the big known names and yeah. then there's you know, the Expanse and um what what other stuff? I did the obviously the Mandalorian. Yeah. But there's there's a whole bunch of that kind of Teenage, you know, high school, uh, but fantasy world thing, right? Oh, like, yeah. oh, they're, mm. they're either fairies or they're witches or they're, um, I don't werewolves. know, some werewolves yeah. <laughs> you know, or vampires. Like, it just seems to be, or they're superheroes, some sort of superhero ability, or they're magicians, <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's have all. Have you seen the magicians? I have seen the magicians, oh, that's yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, they all center around that same old sort of, uh, yeah. Harry Potter world in a way, but just high school and yeah. yeah I don't know. It's funny. It's a huge bunch of them. I tell that you are what, though, I'm getting quite annoyed about the. Oh, I'm a teenager who's a bit of a loser in life, but oh, I have this superpower. Oh, I don't want it. Why do I have I been cursed with being mm. super and awesome and special and what? <laughs> what you like? Mm. Mm. Every person on the earth wants to be somehow special or yeah. important. But come on, when you're a teenager, that is what ever, that is what is running around in your brain is like. Am I special? Am I yeah. really special? And then suddenly you find that Me? you can teleport at will or fly yeah. or do magic. Oh yeah, shit yeah, you're special. And, <laughs> and then you're gonna like whinge and cry about, oh, why do I have this? But I'm still I in love to, with my boyfriend. I just want to be normal. And you're, no, you don't. You don't want to be normal. You've got to control that force so that you are the true one. I don't have to control Jack, man. <laughs> I mean, I would be a villain, let's face it. Yeah, you would be. I'd be a sneaky villain, but I'd be a villain. 
As soon as later, someone would tell me, Sarah, you can't do it. I said, don't tell me that. I can pick up ice cream with chopsticks. <laughs> it's my special power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So but what about yourself then? How are you going uh, yeah, I, I am in the thick of writing. I know I think I said that last time because of us having a lockdown. I kind of just, you know, stuck into it. But I'm really feeling I've got these three short scripts. Uh, the plan is to make two of them over the course of 2021. Um, and yeah, like two weeks ago, they felt like they were something, but now they're really becoming these refined little things. I've been really working hard on log lines as well for each story. Um, and so, yeah, I've got three going on. One, which I've talked about a few times, is like a time travel one, um, whereas the other two are... One's kind of like a, a comedy magic potion sort of fish out of water story um and then the third one goes back to that exercise that we have discussed previously on here coming from andy j pizza of kind of identifying your themes as a writer and then this there's a story that i wrote about that encompasses my themes you know since discovering what my actual themes are so yeah i'm just in the thick of writing plus i've got uh this crocodile horror thriller survival film that I've dabbled with and that is the one that is on my beat board. So again, I'm like trying to get the log line really down pat this time instead of just kind of running at it, you know, 100 miles an hour, having the whole script, 90 pages done and then someone saying, so what's it about? And you go, oh yeah, well, it's about these two okay, people. Okay, I've, I've got one for you. <laughs> so, so, so before you go any further, so yeah, it's just like I'm in the thick of writing. So go for it. Here's, here's your Pitch log me. line. Yeah. In a crocodile, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, that's good. Is there, is there irony in that? Is this a comedy, this no, horror? No. no okay, no, so maybe maybe in a crocodile is not right. In a crocodile's stomach, no, no one, one can hear you scream. scream. Yeah, that could be, well, that could be the, uh, that could be the, on the poster, right? It could be. You know, that's, a, that's a, yeah, yeah. Inside a, the a lot teeth. of times the, the monster movies... Um, tend to go for even the serious ones tend to have at least a little bit of a, a, a camp side to them mm, because yeah, there yeah. is personally there's a, there's a sort of ridiculousness yeah. to it to them yeah. so, so so you kind of need a little bit in there even yeah. Jaws had a little bit here and there of kind of the the this idea is all centered around and and I've, I've I've struggled to get my hands on this, a copy of this I believe it is on Amazon Prime and of course. Uh, after I cancel my subscription to it, um, is Open Water. Have you ever seen Open Water? I've not. I've heard of it. Yeah, and and it's a low-budget indie film based on what happened to a Queensland couple, oh, except yes. that they, they went out on the, the tourist boat, scuba diving, and the boat leaves, and they're just in open water, right? Um, that's the basis of the film, and these this couple who are scuba divers wrote and directed this film and that it is basically about a couple that get stuck out in the ocean and you know bob out in the open water with sharks. Um, I saw it and it blew my mind because it's kind of like it's not like Jaws. It's not the monster in the deep. It's real. Like they're real sharks. They actually filmed with like real sharks out in the ocean and stuff. Um, comparing it to like a monster shark like Jaws or whatever, you know. So, or you get, you know, these monster creature films and you're exactly right. There has to be a little bit of campness to it as in 
uh, like Lake Placid where Betty White is feeding cows to the yeah. the crocodile and it becomes this ginormous thing and Jaws is a good example. It's massive. We're going to need a bigger um, boat. What's, yeah, what's uh, that Samuel Jackson shark movie and they've... Deep Blue. They've like genetically modified the sharks, you know. It's and that's what quite sides. often happens, right, in those creature features. So whereas open water, and it's something that's always stuck with me and it wasn't something that I like intended, but I suddenly had this idea of... Yeah, like a dysfunctional married couple getting stranded with a crocodile. And um, probably something I saw, uh, yeah, I've had that idea. And then I, not too long ago, did watch Crawl, um, where a, fa- a father and daughter get stuck in the bottom of the house with alligators. And again, they're just normal alligators. They're not like these sheer, massive, genetically modified alligators or something. And really, a lot of the tension of the film is the fact that They've got a broken relationship, but they're stuck in this, you know, uh, setting. So, yeah, that's kind of, there's a concept there that I think could be played out quite nicely. So, there's like terror in the unknown. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, not going too campy, there will be a fair bit of the drama of the story is this dysfunctional married couple in such an extreme survival moment but you tear someone to pieces that's got to happen come on well you've got to have that to establish (laughs) the stakes right yeah 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 you've got to show that this is a killer croc yes yeah yeah and you can do that in different ways another film that kind of did it a little bit and hey if you're a young i just totally know why they how they could sell this film is the shallows have you ever seen that no yeah with blake um is it blake lively she's quite a good-looking woman, and she gets stranded on a rock with a great white shark circling. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I think I think I've seen. She's a surfer. I think I've seen ads or something for that. Yeah, that's a that's a good sort of one. I mean, again, there's not much drama in it. It's kind of hey, let's just put a really hot chick in a bikini on a rock with a massive shark. Makes sense to me. Circles her and bites her and stuff, and can she get back to shore? 90 minutes later (laughs) you know so that film does I won't spoil it but that film does a really clever way of showing you how dangerous the shark is you know but keeping her alive for a a big portion of it so yeah anyway so yeah I'm in the thick of writing 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 um, and you and I are also in the thick of Pushing space brains to another level. And Logos and colours. Yeah, we're getting branding. very close. I know everyone out there that listens is, is, you know, they're on a knife's edge waiting to see the reveal. Sorry. If you've been looking at the cover art that's been coming through on the last few episodes, there's been yeah. some experimental designs. There yeah, has, there has. Different colours and different Colours are starting to morph a little bit maybe into what we want it to kind of get to. But yeah, sort of looking to see... What these things look like as podcast covers, yeah. Um, and but as it turns out, none of those are our final choices. So, so get yeah. your bag of popcorn and oh, wait a little bit longer. I know this is going to be one of the most exciting <laughs> reveals ever. I know, I know. I'm I'm dying to see the end result, honestly. And it's going to be revealed by Steven Spielberg on a special oh, episode yeah, with okay. the Wachowskis. <laughs> And Will Smith. Yeah, beautiful. The ones that we keep shouting out to and just don't... I mean, they are constantly replying to me. Yeah, they are just constantly. Oh, constantly. they don't get we're on. Back. We're on instant messenger. They, instant messenger. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know that thing that Microsoft used to do? They, they don't leave me alone. Okay, well, let's get stuck in this film. We should, we should. Give us a bit of a brief overview. Okay, so it's directed by Felix Binder. He's a German director uh, by the looks of it. That's, I don't... that's pronounced Felix. Oh, I got that one right. Um, Binder. <laughs> Binder. <laughs> Felix Binder. <laughs> um, you, you did that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Felix. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Felix. Um, yeah, and uh, it looks like he's directed a whole bunch of t- German TV shows, you know, etc. Written by Marco Sing. Marco Sing? <laughs> <laughs> Marco Sing. I presume that's how you say it, Mark. Let us know if we're doing it wrong. And Felix and Mark, please come talk to us about this film. Uh, Mark, as I realised looking at IMDb, did do dark, and although I've never seen it, I know you've talked a lot you've about. You've not dark. seen dark. No, I've not. I've not. It's on my uh, sort of like to do to watch list. You've got to watch it. It's great. The good thing now is it's all Mark, just there, so I will just binge it. Marco Singh must have worked pretty darn hard on that script because yeah. it's good. And we have starring Cornelia Gershel. <laughs> oh, Gershel. Gershel. See, good thing I've got I've got a German here tonight, so we can actually because it's an right. O umlaut, so it's it's you can be you can pronounce it a bit like an O E, so Gershel. Gershel. Uh, Tim Oliver Schultz. Schultz. Everyone knows a Schultz. Schultzy. <laughs> and this one's a tough one. It's got another one of those O things. Wutan Wick Moring. Well, it'd be Moring. Votan. Votan. Wilke Moring. Say it again. Wotan Wilke Möhring. Ah, oh, that sounds good. Just rolling off your tongue. The uh, the W's are all V's. Oh. And the E's at the end of the words are pronounced usually. And like I mentioned... Although we... old Wotan can get in touch if his name actually is Wotan. Yeah. Um, Tim and Wotan are uh, quite big actors, actually. They've done quite a few different projects out there. Huge Instagram followings. They're not the Skarsgårds, but they're getting there. They are—they're the Will Smiths of Germany. That's what I'm saying. That I'm would, calling it be, here. Sorry, that'd be you heard Will, it here. Will Schmidt of Germany. <laughs> and this was filmed in Germany, and it was one of those things that, from what I can gather, who cares about the box office because it's all about Netflix. So it's how many people are going to stream it, how many people are interested in it, how many clicks, how many you know not pausing it. I paused this movie about four times because I kept getting interrupted by my youngest child Um, uh, because I sort of just watched it on the computer, uh, you know, in my office uh, and she just wouldn't leave me alone that day. So I kept pausing it. Netflix will take note of that and give some feedback to Felix. Poor Felix and Mark. One user in Australia kept pausing it. Something was wrong. That's what what Netflix will be saying. Uh, So let's get stuck into the story and some of the filmic techniques that... Freaks, your one of us has. So we start with a young girl crying. She's in this empty school, tears running down the face. We kind of then start seeing how the school is uh, empty, but it looks like it's been evacuated in a hurry. There's kind of school bags everywhere. There's tossed over. There's some desks tossed over, I think. Doors are wide open. Um, We then kind of cut outside where we have emergency personnel. We have some people kind of being attended to by paramedics. Uh, And then we get a sort of middle-aged woman who looks like she's kind of running the show, I suppose, long trench coat. Uh, Very German-looking, I thought. I thought she looked a bit like uh, Carrie-Anne Moss. She did. Trinity. Yeah, she did a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of an older version of that. Yeah. Yeah, so the short hair... 
looked very sophisticated, very professional. Um, anyway, she walks past a few of these people in attendance of the paramedics and stuff and sort of looks up and you can see on the side of this building there's a big chunk of wall missing a couple of stories up. And there's a broken desk with some blood on it. Oh, it's covered in blood. Yeah, and she sort of looks a bit concerned and then she wanders inside the school and again we sort of see a basketball court empty and uh, we see some other things. I, th- I thought that was really nice that we had this sort of school that was lived in but no one was in it. I also liked it looked in the past. You could tell like the police uniforms yeah. and the cars. They never they didn't say, you know, 1992. No, they just... They yeah. just went in there and... Yeah. And showed us that it was 1990. Yeah. And look, the, um, uh, yeah, the, anyway, she, she sort of walks, I kind of thought, oh, she's the detective or something. You know, that, that was kind of my impression of this Dr. Stern because we, we don't obviously just get her, uh, introduced. Anyway, she finds this little girl tucked away in the gymnasium, sort of in a cupboard in the gymnasium crying and, um, kind of says it's going to be all right. I think something like that. Yeah, it'll, it'll, everything will go back to normal. Yeah. And it will be all right. And we have a good jump cut here um, of her kind of putting the headphones on as a child, closing her eyes, and then opening them as a woman, Wendy. Yes. And uh, she's got Listen to the Heart coming through on the alarm clock. It's a nice little song. That's, that's a, a bit of a, a filmic thing, isn't it? The music, as you say, diegetic. Yeah. And so, But it, it starts off as just part of the soundtrack and then you realise oh it's the, the alarm clock the classic old yeah. clock radio thing someone slams, slams a hand it, on it and somehow it that works Yeah, it never did for mine I had to actually flick a little switch <laughs> but somehow they, they hit it and it stops it and they, they grow I've always got to like push my button like twice as well like it never and mine's not that old of an alarm clock like you, but I think you have to push it twice to turn it off so yeah, so <laughs> I think this is one of those things that only really happens in movies yes but everyone knows that, yeah, the music, the, you know, um, Sonny and Cher on Groundhog Day or whatever yeah. starts up. Uh, what's the one on um, Back to the Future? The Power of Love. Power of Love, yeah. yeah. And they hit the alarm clock and it turns off. Yeah. And or put some... the headphones on and it starts playing. Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. But it's always interesting because filmmakers can play with that diegetic like that where you think it's non-diegetic, so it's not in the world of the film, and then they actually, it actually is like by turning the alarm mm, clock. I off think that's what happened here. They is did it starts this in off here. that black, you get the full volume. Volume listen, of listen it, to yeah. your heart. Because she yeah. puts it on the headphones, it's this tinny sort of yeah, little yeah. headphones, and then it's a full sound. And you think, oh, okay, we're going to like a, maybe a title sequence. Yeah. But no, it's the alarm clock. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Wendy, uh, we kind of learn pretty quick. She's like a wife, she's a mother, she's making breakfast for the kid. Um, she opens a bill, so they don't. This is a bit of the Blake Schneider six problems, isn't it? Like yeah. you know, six. They've got to have six problems in their life. Um, she's dressed in a bit of a dull, you know. She's either kind of like a cooking, a cook, or a, um, a diner or a waitress or a cleaner. Or... It's a very boring outfit. The husband's a security guard. He's just kind of in a black a black outfit that says. Security, <laughs> um, and they sort of have a little disagreement over paying the bills. And the boy wants to um, eat Nutella instead of his breakfast. So it's kind of like they're not in a totally great little sort of yes, family. it's sort of a bit mixed up. And they, it was it, yeah, I will get that promotion. Yes, which I sort of 
it can't be that big a promotion. Like, no. What? But anyway, you, you go, girl. You go, you go get that promotion. So, um, yeah, they have a little, and also the. But she's not, she's not very affirmative about it. She's not no very strong, which is part of that setup for her later on, where yeah, where she, she becomes very be confident. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they have a little fight um, about the bills and bills not being paid, but then they get over it and. Yeah, it, it shows you that as a couple, they're obviously you know, pretty united. Re- I think, relatively yeah. healthy. Uh, and they walk off in their separate um, directions. She is then out the back of this pretty shitty little diner, um, it looks like to me. Cutlet she's, heaven. <laughs> cutlet heaven. Um, she's cleaning and she's trying to lift these really heavy kegs or something, isn't yeah. she? Shift well, well she, gets, she goes, that's where she goes and asks, yeah. asks for the promotion and... The woman's reading the, her boss, <laughs> this big, big butch boss. Like we're reading Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger says, "You know how you get here? You be strong, and you do this, that, and the other thing. Um, you're not that, but I'll give you extra shifts." Yeah. And so she's, "Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Start by changing the kegs." That's right. Yeah. Sorry. So she's, around, yeah. so she's lugging these kegs along, and, and yeah. I said, "You should be rolling them. Everyone knows that." <laughs> but she's leverage. Um, but it was a great little scene with the boss, wasn't it? Like she's this mm. dowdy, fat. Reminded me of you know uh, woman like Matilda. Yeah, did Matilda's they? Yeah, headmaster. Yeah. Yes, you know she's and she's like quoting Arnold Schwarzenegger's book about you know you've got to be uh, affirmative in what you want to. You yeah, have to like. be affirmative, <laughs> yeah. Randy. She she did Stop it. Stop really being well. unaffirmative. Yeah. Anyway, she's cleaning out and she goes out. There's a woman parked in a disabled bay and she tells her off, but the woman just kind of flips her the bird, basically doesn't give a shit. Uh, and as she's putting this rubbish in the big bins out, the big, big skip bins, we would call them here out the back, uh, a homeless man's kind of dumpster diving for food, asks her about the food. She's like, uh, and then the boss comes out, hey, get out of here. <laughs> Arnold says, you've got to eat your protein. Eat your protein. <laughs> Howie. She tells she tells him off, and um, the homeless man starts to go. But as she goes back in, nice little save the cat. Wendy kind of gives him gives him a bit of food. Kind of yeah. says, "Oh, what and, crap do you want to?" Have and it? this whole sequence here is kind of like like the Shaun of the Dead sequence. It is it where is. we this is this is her daily routine. It's her daily routine. And then yeah. The next day, when everything changes, mm. we see the daily routine again. But it each it's routine changed, has yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, like that scene I talked about, she's walking home and the dangerous, she gets harassed, sexually harassed by these guys, doesn't say anything to them. No. So again, doesn't walks have this, off. walks off, ignores them basically. And when she's going over this bridge, she suddenly gets harassed again by the homeless guy and freaks her out. And he tells her that, you know, you, you are um, one of us and or you're like us, something along those lines, and that um, he's a, he's got a superpower and she's thinking he's crazy as you would. Uh, so he, but he, but he does say you're taking. He knows about the blue. pills. He knows about the blue pills. So, so you know you got to think there's something there. Yeah, and he says stop taking them and you'll find out. She still doesn't really believe him and so he goes, oh, you know, I'll, I have to show you. And he just jumps off this bridge uh, over this highway and you think, oh, is he going to fly? Is he going to do something like that? No, he's just lying on the concrete. She looks over and then there's just this mammoth big semi trailer truck. Bowls him over. Bonk. Yes. And so she sort of is quite upset, runs away, calling the police, saying that there's been a you know a horrific accident. 
Um, yeah, and then she's in therapy with the woman from the start who now we learn is called Dr. Stern, um, and she talks about, they, they talk about superheroes, don't they? They yeah. have a kind of a moment of, you know, she tells, she relays what the homeless man said to her um, and how that made her feel that maybe we are superheroes. And Dr. Stern says, no, 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 you can't have those th- thoughts. You, we've got to double your dosage. Uh, it was a nice, well, I didn't say it before, but like when she did wake up in bed, she straight away took her blue pills. Yeah. And it was, it was great that she popped them. I liked that. You know, like so, in so many films, they're always coming out of those canisters and stuff. Yeah, I liked Whereas, the like, action. I liked the act. Like you could, really, you could hear it, the popping. And then when she says double the dosage, she actually pops out the four of them. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's really tangible. Like you can, It's like the phones in the Matrix. Yeah, it is. It's the same sort of thing. It's a, it's a, it was very like, yeah, oh, she's going to have the four. Oh, she's popped four out. She's going to have four. <laughs> she flushes them. She does. That's that's in a little bit. So yeah, at the diner, the homeless man rocks up again, and he, this time he gives her a bit of a clue, saying, "Just follow the mermaid. You'll yeah. you'll find us." Um, and the boss again sort of confronts it all, and I think does she throw stuff at the homeless man and calls Wendy a wimp, and also that she needs to believe in herself. She states uh, the theme. She does. Um, she on the way home, she finds her son kind of sitting there, a bit bit down and depressed, and with no shoes on. And there's these other boys. Uh, the her son says, "Well, they took him away, and they they sort of did a bet, didn't they? A bit of a you know, if you kick the goal or something, I get the boots yeah, or something. So, some something. So, some sort of dodgy bullying sort of deal." And um, she tells them, no, no, give the shoes back. But the boys call her out on it. And these yeah. are only little boys. And they say, what are you going to do? They're going to hit, hit us? us. And of course, oh. then, nah. My, my wife and I, we just about went ape shit at this point. Because <laughs> it was like, I could imagine someone doing that to my little son. Yeah, yeah. The kids said, what are you going to do? Hit us. Ooh, I would be so sorely tempted. I'd, but I would certainly walk up and I'd... And, just remove the shoes. That's give, what him, to give him a, a good word, you know, assault. A, a, a good word mouth salt. <laughs> I, I wouldn't lower myself to like backhanding like a kid half no. my size. But I would certainly, yes, consider just sort of, yeah, pulling the shoes off his feet. Yeah, I'd pull and the shoes going, off. what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. hit me? Yeah. And But yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, my wife and I were just livid at this thing. Because <laughs> I'm going to write a letter here, sorry. Recently, something not quite this bad happened. Yeah. At a skate park, my wife was skating at, and there were some the kids, they would have been maybe 10, 11-ish, yeah, yeah. the same sort of age as, as in this. Yeah. And they were, they were, they were being... Bullies. Purposely annoying yeah. to my wife and her two friends who were skating. And at, at the end of it, one of them had his uh, you know, McDonald's milkshake and just sat there and just tipped it out over the ramp. Right. Like right yeah. where they were wanting to skate. Yeah, yeah. And just watched. And, yeah, my wife said he was this close <laughs> to getting a skateboard in the face. To getting a clip around the old ears there, so, sorry. But, yeah, but she, she bloody told him off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let him know why exactly he would always fail in life. <laughs> and, yes, probably a bit harsh, but still... These things, it's just, 
Can you imagine he went home that night and went, Mummy, some old woman at the party. I doubt it. I reckon he gets bullied at home. That's like, yeah, that's the problem. The thing it? is, it's not the kid's fault. It's the parents' no. fault and their parents' fault, really. Yeah. But And that, that's the thing. Even in this movie, like you could go, oh, you just wouldn't you just like march that kid up to his parents and say, this kid took my kid's shoes. I'm, I'm taking them back. But the parent might be like, oh, no, he did nothing wrong. What was that? It was gambling. That's fine. Your son lost them fair yeah. and square. Like you, you march that kid well, what? He tipped the McDonald's cut. What? You can't handle a bit of McDonald's slushy on the floor, yeah. on the ramp? Well, you, you, you chick shouldn't be skating anyway. Yeah, that's right. Like, what are you oh doing out? God. You're on the kids' ramp. You're playing with kids. You're pedophiles. You know, like, you yeah. know, like, so that that's where you kind of start. You can't necessarily reason, can you? No. And and this is actually one of those points where, yes, you got superpowers. Mm. You're sitting there going, well, why am I putting up with this yeah. mundane bullcrap? I'm going to murder those children. No, <laughs> yeah, I like right. what she actually does. I, yeah. I, that, was, that was pretty, pretty yeah. good. Anyway, this in this moment, she just walks away. So then, and then there's a the nice thing that she's home. She's in the bathroom. She pops those four pills out, yeah. but flushes them. Uh, anyway, the next day she's all sweaty, and Elmar, the colleague, uh, noticed that she's all sweaty. She's all. Sweaty head to toe. So. Yeah, hard day. Hard day at the office. <laughs> um, but it was a good thing that she she was all sweaty. Um, she shows a lot of strength at the diner. She breaks the trays and <laughs> that, bends them I and then that hides them. Um, and yeah, it was all twisted. She's trying to like straighten them out, and that boss comes out. Wendy, Wendy, what are you up to? <laughs> um, and Elmer, the colleague, kind of awkwardly tries to ask her out, you know, so... I thought that was a bit... Like, he must know that she's married. Yeah. Like, yeah. that wouldn't be a secret. No. So that's quite a creepy thing to do, is like, mm. after work, come up and like, hey, how you going? Would you like a beer? Like, Yeah. So, yeah, old Elmer has got issues. He does, and we sort of find out a bit more about them, and, and maybe you know that is an indicator of where he's going, actually, in his personality. This time, she walks past the hooligans on the way home. She confronts them. She, The guy's sort of saying, I want to you know, get all up on you, whatever, and uh, that's the Australian version <laughs> of the Germans. And uh, she says, all right, then, show us, your, you know, show us your goods. So she sort of stands down, and then that guy's like, nah, ah, you know, typical... You know, a few expletives, runs after her, grabs her on the ground, and her not knowing quite her strength yet, then kicks him away, kicks one guy, punches another way, and as I said earlier, they kind of far flung across the car park. One guy hidden a light pole. I mean, geez, yeah, I think you'd just be dead. Snapped. <laughs> uh, I really liked that scene, as I said earlier. Uh, the next moment, we're in the psychologist. Um, no, sorry, the psychologist does come to the diner and kind of warns her about stopping the meds. So I suppose it's good there in the narrative, isn't it, that we don't really hear about the men. How did, how did she know something was up, Dr. Stern? She must have figured no. something out, eh? I, well, she's probably got enough patience that when they start asking about superpowers... She wants to keep a bit that's of a That's like close. a keyword. Yeah, that's it's like a, warning, a red flag. Warning. The algorithm kicks in yeah. in the Matrix. Still stuck on the Matrix. Um so she and she offers help, but Wendy says she's all, all right. And so this is where we learn a bit more about Elmer Surrey, um, that he is a little bit weirder again. Uh, he's in this strange dynamic at home that he's still living with his dad, 
and not his mum. Not his mum, as he keeps getting corrected, and he does like to call her mum, which was a bit odd. Uh, and also, his dad's really a hard ass on him getting, uh, you know, making something out of his life. Go to uni. What are, what are you working at a diner for? You know, there's and and I noticed it was funny that they kept saying. Four billion people, five five billion people, seven billion people. (laughs) They kept changing the numbers in the this this movie, Um, and maybe that's just expressionisms of you know what we all say. Oh, there's lots of people in the world. Oh, there's billions of people. Oh, there's you know I don't know. I did notice that. Did you notice? Yeah, when he says there's five billion people living just like that. Yeah, and I I went. That's a. How did you pick that number? Like, are you excluding India and China? Yeah, or something. That's a strange exclusion to make. It was a strange I can exclusion. tell you right now, there's probably an equal number of people in India and China who just sit around the house not doing anything. I did feel like, and look, parents are like this dad. I'm a hard ass, but then I'm just going to give you everything. Well, this you know? is... And, and for me, it's like, well, just stop giving him all that shit. You know, like charge him rent, charge him for food, charge him to like do whatever, and he'll either move out or... He'll actually like change his life, right? This is my wife. My wife and I were talking about this. We looked at that scene and we went, "So, kiddo, you don't like it there in this obviously rich mansion mm. with your food and everything all taken care of." Yeah. So, but you're not. You've got your own job, but you're not leaving to yeah. live your own life. You keep saying, "I'm going to live my own life." Yeah. But you're living with your dad. Yeah. I think it's quite reasonable that your dad's sort of saying, "Well, do something." Yeah, yeah. Because everyone wants their kids to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet he just stays there and he's like, yeah, again, why doesn't the dad say, okay, you want to live your own life? That's fine. Can you please move out? Yeah, yeah. It's time to move on. Yeah, it's like... But but I do go know... Go and live your life. I do know firsthand, even with my parents and my siblings, that they they were kind of... They, weren't, they were kind of like that dad in a way, you know, like, oh, you should go to uni, you should do this, but never kicking anyone out of the actual nest, you know? So... Yeah, I do know. I do know. But it just felt like, oh, there's a simple... To the dad... I was on the dad's side. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah, there's a simple way to kick him out. Like, judge him rent, make it uncomfortable, make it awkward, and he's going to move out. Well, I got, <laughs> I got the ultimatum, which was at 18. Mm. You're 18, uh, so you can go to university and, and we'll help you get there. And that's yeah. not a problem. Uh, or you can move out and get a job. Yep. Uh, you, but, you, you know, you, you're not staying here. Yes. For now. And I went, oh, okay. I don't want to work. I'd better start looking into this whole how do you get to university thing. <laughs> All right then. I'm that's, going I'm going to uni, mum. That's <laughs> really the main reason I went was because I wasn't ready to go to work yet. Yeah. Fair enough. I um, would choose that as well. Um at the diner, the boss confronts Wendy over the broken tray and Wendy just lifts her up. Very Arnie Schwarzenegger style. Lifts her up by the throat. Holds her up high, and this is a big woman, and uh, basically tells her, "No." <laughs> yes, I can't quite remember what, what she, she, she just she just told her to back off, back off, and yeah, yeah. Because then later on, she goes and says that she's going to get her promotion. Yeah, that's right. That happened. she said, "You said I've got to be affirmative and strong, and and I'm all those things, and I'm all those things now." Yeah, you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah, sure. Bloody Arnie. Why was I reading this book? 
Wendy follows the mermaids, and we come across. I'm in. I'm in Perth Ubex group on Facebook. They would freaking love this place. It's an old marine park. Ubex. Yeah, that's what it's called. So it's like people go to like. Homes that no one's lived in for 50 oh, years. Oh, okay. And, There's um, like um, urban like, explorers. Yeah, urban Urbex. explorers. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, so no, I've, I watched some of those like videos and photos. Yeah. They're amazing. I know. And even in Perth, there's like a couple of places I never heard of that uh, one got burnt down in the bushfires. It was an old house that they were starting to say there was a, too much trouble going on out there. Um, but like, there's an old. Uh, health facility in like Netherlands that I never knew existed. There's apartment blocks in Maylands. There's a couple um, old factories along there. There's the Swan Districts Hospital as well that is heavily guarded, but people love breaking into that and filming. Um, uh, but there there's also like somewhere... Neptune's Kingdom up there's in Neptune, Yeah, they do go up there a bit, but it's that's pretty open. Like it's only really... Like the pools and stuff are all gone up there, yeah. you know. Um but there's also like the old West Australian government, oh, what do they call it, where they do all the horticulture. And this is a Pentagon sort of styled building. And I don't know which suburb it belongs in. And they've moved out in like 1999. And this is the weirdest part. People have gone in like recently and taken photos. This is the weirdest part, sorry. It's a government building. You'd imagine they'd evacuate everything. No, there's still like files with paperwork in it. No. They're like, so when they upgraded the building, why weren't those files shifted? That's bizarre, isn't it? Like, even in Swan Districts hotels, there's files and stuff in there. You think? So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, odd. T- I'm going off on a tangent. Anyway, she goes to this place that's an old uh, water theme park. Yes, uh, and it's really quite cool. It's um, and it's all overgrown, and you know, there's uh, weeds and vines, and there's kind of an empty pool, um, all that kind of thing going on. And she's there to find um, Malek, the homeless man. And yeah, this is an old Neptune park. Um, And homeless man explains to her that uh, why she can throw people is that she's a superhero. She's got superpowers. I I quite liked this, um, what do you you call it? Uh, An illusion or... uh, Hmm, that thing where they talk about one thing, but they're talking about something else. And the interesting thing is, he's saying, yeah, there's there's lots of us. We're doing all this stuff. Uh, you're like us, your yeah. family. Yeah. And she's clearly getting concerned more about the possible consequences of, uh, you know, being so special. And mm. like the fact that he's homeless and living yeah, yeah. in this, you know, junk place. Yeah. And yeah, she points out, yeah, we're not family. I already have a family. Yeah. Which I think was a really good way of bringing around the point, okay, this is a nice little kind of fairy tale for a homeless dude. Yeah. yeah. But like I've got, a, a you know, there's bills to pay, there's yeah. people to feed, there's a husband and a child. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, like all these real life issues here, you're talking about, cra- you know, not crazy stuff, but you're talking about stuff that would be sweet and fine, you know, single unattached no kids yeah you could kind of explore this side of things but yeah yep. i quite like the way there's that we're able to bring all of those concepts into this yeah definitely whole, with just that one statement is i already have a family yeah yeah because and maybe maybe if you were a a youngster who didn't have a family mm. 
uh, watching this movie, you, you may not have gotten that, but yeah, I was watching that, and when she sort of said that, I went, yeah, like, could you imagine I've got superpowers and then some homeless dude is like, I mean, this guy lost his family. Yeah. But, but yeah, it just sort of tells you all these things and how we should do this and we'll find each other and like kind of going, oh my God, you know, like, but the next school term starts and I have to get new shoes for my son and there's that, you know, insurance bill that is not going to pay itself. And, yeah, that's right. And you're talking about some a highfalutin thing which could be crazy talk or it could be real, but in any case... It's so far removed from my daily mm. life that. Well, whatever. I think I think you're you're exactly explaining well. It's it's also like, you know, it's not like going to Professor X's huge rich school for oh. the gifted. Jeez, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like you rock up there and he says, and you're one of us now, and you kind of go, yeah, okay, can, yeah, no worries. Can I bring my family in here? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, yeah, right. I, we, I could I could be one of you. Yeah, I can be one of you. Yeah, whereas it's like. You're homeless, and you've basically got one of those serial killer murder boards with people's photos on. Do, do people like, really do like? And, you know the strings and if, stuff. If, if like, there's oh, any, okay. any listeners out there who has like a serial killer yeah. murder board, or well, a, I kind of have one with my beat board, like beating strings? the crap out of like, What's oh. the strings and the, p- the strings push like? Pins yeah, and push the news pins, articles pins, yeah. and photos. Like, mm. How does all that work to do anything? Yeah, let me tell you about it. Sorry, as a, as a as a serial, I mean, as a writer. Well, usually it's you, people chasing serial killers that have it. Is it's normally the detectives, isn't the it? The serial yeah. killer room is the one with little Bible no, no, scripture and stuff written on the walls. Yeah, or or no, pieces. no, or they might have like a thousand photos of you, and they've got little love on the hearts eyes and, are scribbled. Yeah, out. and they've got love hearts and like Sari and Mark forever. You know that kind of. Yeah. Beat board, I mean, pinboard thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well slipped in there. Yeah, that's right. Um, So, yeah, it's good that she says, no, no, I've got a family. And I think most of us would be like, yeah, I'm not going to live in an old marine park when I've got family to feed. And, you know, at this point in time, she's not really sure what's going on. Um, She gets home. She gets home and things are a little bit um, worse to wear. The boy quizzes his mum about, are we being kicked out of the house? Well, look at this um, empty swimming pool. There's empty swimming pool. It's a nice touch. They, um, She says no, like we're promising. Even though she does, I think we might have jumped over, but she had opened a letter previously sort of saying eviction, eviction or yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and they've got an empty swimming pool and um, can't afford the bills and all that sort of stuff. They play soccer ball and play soccer together. And, of course, she kicks the ball out. Into space, basically. <laughs> Imagine if she hit the kid. Oh my goodness! I always think with that, which uh, you know never works in a comedy, but it's it's very Austin Powers that some guy out there would be just walking along and it just like hits him and kills him. You know, like it's yeah, yeah that that idea. Elmar, he's at home, about to have a wank. <laughs> no, not in this scene, actually, is he? No. Uh, that happens a little bit later. Sorry, I'm jumping. I'm, I was just got excited about okay. the beat board. Okay, now this is the sex. Not yeah, the this wank. is it's sex in this, and this is a really cool scene because we all we are in is Elmer's room. He's very uncomfortable because he can hear his father and not his mum having very loud, you know, sex in the other room, and that's worse enough. And he's kind of puts up with it for a minute, and it stops. You know, the climax stops, and he's like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, he can relax into his comic book. <laughs> and his dad comes into the room, still breathing heavily. Oh, oh, I've got an idea. And he's, he's all like, all sweaty. <laughs> all sweaty. And he's like, he goes, I know how to solve your problem. Oh. And it's like, have you just been thinking about that <laughs> while you've been having sex? Or like, 
you've just had the euphoria of sex and you're like, ah, I've got the, I've got the plan for my son. This is what he needs. <laughs> it was a pretty gross scene, that one, wasn't it? Uh, it? It was so sweaty and... So maybe the father is actually trying to push him out of the home. I mean, come on. What's uh, Alma doing putting up with it? I mean, oh, geez, I don't think I would put up that at his age. I know, and he's just sitting there going, oh, gee, oh, look, oh. looking all disgruntled. And he's yeah. like... You, it is your father's house. It's, it's not just, your house. It's like, you don't have to be there. You're, no, you can leave. Mention, it doesn't say his actual age, but it says he's in his late 20s, which would make yeah. sense because if he's trying to pick up on Wendy, who is yeah. also in her late 20s. Yeah, right. I don't, I've always thought he was just like 18 or 19. Yeah, it looks yeah, like, so. but, but someone mentions your right. yep. late 20s living at your parents, your dad's house. Oh, that was um, Malik says that. Yeah, right. So we go from the oh yeah so the father comes in tells him that he has to has to make a make a life for himself it's up to him you know doesn't kick him out still but that's I mean that's pretty much what I was thinking the whole time I was like just kick him out I mean Jesus um, uh, Wendy rocks up at the psychologist at night time it's all locked up you know she can't get through the front door and this is a pretty cool moment <laughs> isn't that she like looks up there's a window open maybe third or fourth floor up and she just kind of musters up enough energy to jump and she jumps misses it and just comes sliding down and it's, bang it's the wall comes yeah, sliding down that's kind of really nice and then so she gathers herself again her senses and just repeats it but this time smashes through a window smashes the window next to the open yeah. window so her powers are not only super strength she can also like super jump or something right like well see this is an interesting thing about super strength which is sometimes not made apparent but because of Newton's laws of motion, every action having an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, right. If you have the strength to be able to punch through a brick wall, mm-hmm. then your body has the endurance to withstand the strength to punch through a brick wall. Yes. Otherwise, the moment she did some super strength thing, the tendons would just rip from the bones or shatter her skeleton. Yeah. And she would fall in a puddle on the ground, a twitching muscle. Yes. Likewise, if you can jump three stories high, mm. you can survive falling three stories. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. not onto your head, yeah. but landing on your hands and legs, whatever, you know. Yeah. Same as, yep, yep. you know, I can jump 30 centimeters high. Yeah, and you're fine. I can, I can land from 30 centimeters high. My yeah. body is strong enough because, yeah, in fact, you could fall even further because the, uh, you know, terminal velocity and falling force and so forth. But it... It is something about super strength comes with a certain amount of invulnerability mm. just by the fact that in order for your body to maintain its coherence, yeah. whilst you exert super strength, you must be able to resist super strength. But but it's not to say that she's not only super strength, that she can super jump or whatever, but it is like just because you're super strong doesn't necessarily mean you could super jump. No, it could just be <laughs> your arms that are super strong. Yeah. Which would be... Again, kind of. Or do you thing. have the strength to? Are you so strong that you can? Because uh, this would be some sort of physics law, wouldn't it? Is like you're so strong that you could kick a soccer ball out into outer space. Could you actually pick yourself up and and throw yourself up three stories high? Well, that's what jumping is, isn't it? Yeah, that's but what I mean. That's what I'm saying. So, like, is that just like that makes sense, right? But I want to see Makes the sense one to a writer. <laughs> where someone standing on soft ground tries yeah. to do a big super jump and just hammers their feet into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah. pins themselves in the ground. 
that's because again, true. that's Newton's laws. You know, that would be yeah. In great. order for you to, to you know throw yourself upward, you need to. Well, throw something down. yeah, and also like, is she strong? Like, who's if like when she landed, should there be a hole in the concrete? That depends on how far she fell. I don't think she fell far enough. It's, no. it's cobblestones made for driving on. I yeah, think. so they can take a fair bit. But of if it was if it was something a bit softer, you know, tiles or something, you'd imagine, yeah, she'd she'd leave a bit of mark. If she jumped like on tiles, you yeah. get that cracking going on. Anyway, let's get back into the plot. That's a good little bit of science talk there. She jump, uh, she gets crashes through the window, starts rummaging through Dr. Stern's files, and she discovers that uh, there's other superheroes. And I think a couple of them, say, uh, missing or um, uh, deceased. Mm. And then one is Elma. Elma. And so that kind of grabs her, and she's like, oh, Elma. Um, oh, maybe I should have gone for that beer, Elma. This is what she's thinking. Uh, so she heads to his place. This is where he's about to have the wank or he's having the wank of yeah, the superheroes. He's, he's written the, the comic of the... Because uh, <laughs> he's he's written the comic with the superwoman That's right. character who like holds someone holds up. up which was throwing. Wendy holding up her boss. He sort of saw that, I think. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's kind, of, he's kind of a bit going on there. and He's, he's a bit obsessed about Wendy, I think. starting to have a bit of a go under his dunic over there yeah. when... Uh, and Wendy kind of doesn't mind. She sort of watches on for a little bit. I think she's amused. The Germans yeah. aren't so prudish. No. And she says, don't mind me. Yeah, don't mind me. He's like, oh. We can have a conversation while you do He has that sudden electric shock yeah. thing. He's like, being caught. Jumps around the place. Yeah, yeah, and she tells him about the pills and says, yeah, you've Stop got... Stop taking them. You've got powers. Mm. Stop taking them. Which I have to admit, really it's a bit irresponsible because... You could say, yeah, so Dr. Stern is going to be sedating people. Mm. But the reality is she sedated a child who at school killed someone by accident. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. As I said, because there's not enough to actually have an organization like Professor X with his school yeah. to look after them, it makes a lot of sense to sort of you know inhibit their powers to allow them to operate normally. Yeah. So you go and just go, okay, Elmo, yeah, stop taking drugs. You go... How do you know that he's not a psychotic serial killer or something? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which it turns out he is a bit unstable. Yes. But yeah, she tells him to go and then, you know, just as Dad starts coming in, she ducks out and nicks off and Dad's got like the golf club or something funny because whatever. But, but she, she's now fully... I think she's kind of... This is the fun and games. She's kind of owning yeah, her totally strength. totally the fun and games. And yeah. her... her um, her new, her, yeah, her, her newfound confidence. Yep. And then she has this repeat of her first day yep. where she goes and she yeah, easily shifts the kegs. She yep. pushes she the just lifts car. them up. <laughs> she pushes the car out she does. of the place. Yep, freaks yeah. out the mum. Uh, she comes across the boys bullying her son. This time they're really physically bullying the son. Yeah, They've got him like tied up in the ho- goals. Holding him at the goals to yeah, kick the ball anyway, kick basically. The ball. Yeah, and... Um, they, they threaten her this time. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hit us. And she goes, oh, are these your bikes? And I, I did think this was a really clever parental yeah. move. And she just twists them, bend them into a big pile of rubbish. Yes. Because- and that kind of, you know, the bullies are... Oh. That's, that shut them up a fair yeah, bit. Shut them up a bit. Um, and, yeah. Uh, Elma comes up. Elma at, at, at work. Late, at, at night in the end of shift yeah. sort of thing. Elma... Comes Rocks around up. holding a big light bulb and says, I have 
powers or, or something rather and she's like oh oh i'm a bit overwhelmed by this sudden attack he holds up light bulb and makes it glow mm, there's kind it. of oh that's really exciting yeah yeah well they have a connection i think don't yeah. they there's like a, a bit more of a true connection there um and so they go off and uh, have a beer on the top mm. of a rooftop and have they debate they debate names of superheroes um, and she's <laughs> and, and- you and then she talked about laser bitch. Yeah, you know, called be called laser bitch. And Elmar brings up the things. You know, we should we should be heroes. We should yeah save people. Which is uh, it's a funny thing because again, like people don't need that much saving. No, unless you got if you're see if you're Professor X and you could like detect where people needed saving, that would be yeah. really helpful. But otherwise, you're just standing going, what do I do? Just kind of walk around until I see something, but. Mm. I've walked around late at night, and you don't see Jack. No, you don't really. No, you can't, it's hard to see it, isn't it? Even in crime, you know, crime hotspots, you know, it's, it's you don't see a lot. And what it, the most likely thing you're going to see is maybe two drunk dudes fighting, like yeah, you know. So maybe someone having to go get into a car. Yeah, it's pretty rare, but to actually notice it, isn't it? Like there might be someone doing it, but yeah. they're probably. It's the old thing with you know all the insurance companies talk about one of the biggest, you know, the biggest security deterrence of people breaking into your house is just a barking dog yeah it's the most successful thing it's still today in australia it's like 45 percent likely to just deter someone from coming into your property even if they even if they couldn't get past your locked doors and stuff if you have a barking dog or a dog in your yard they just go well why would i go over your fence when your neighbor doesn't have a dog you know so it's 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 not easy to see crime happening around you all the time, you know. No, it would, it would be tackled very quickly if it was. I guess. Yeah. But speaking of that, and I found this funny. She goes up and kicks in an ATM. She does. And yeah. Gets the money. Yeah, just takes which, the money. Which again strikes me is this is that whole. This is why, of course, superpower people do need to have regulation of some sort. <laughs> they need the pills, according to Surrey. Well, as I said, it depends on population levels. That the population level. The, if, if she was the only one, yeah, it wouldn't make much difference because, as I said, people smash in ATMs all the time. Yeah, they do. But if you've got enough all people... All the time. Well, I, I did it last week, you know. <laughs> I just put my card in, money comes out. Oh, it's right. Wow. Magic. Is that how you get the money out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my card never has any money in it. <laughs> um, I think Pip puts it there. Okay. Can I have some too, Pip? <laughs> yeah, you have to ask <laughs> Can I have an allowance, please, Pip? Um it was not, it was a nice scene, but because they talked about uh, they debated that like oh in the movies and that's what these movies yeah. always do like the wannabe ones that we're talking about like they go well in the movies they have a sidekick or in the movies they they fight crime and, and and but then and they help people and they kind of become a gang or you know like a team and and it's like yeah but you're looking around going they they kind of Elmer and Wendy are looking at each other going well that's not really who we are you know like how, yeah. do, how do you figure that out and then they also go well you need he Elmer says well you need super villains yes. and it's like oh but where do we find that and it's like oh yeah well just we take don't know. enough people off pills yeah <laughs> you'll, get your you'll find someone and he goes to kiss her and she rejects him the first goes, of many uh-huh. rejections he's like but I was wanky anyway it cuts to a dance at a club and they're having a good time uh, and they see these sleazy guys walk up to kind of this couple and, you know, there's a there's kind of a posse of guys and they pour a beer over one guy and they're talking to his girlfriend 
And then so she's like, oh, you know, they're, they're the bad guys, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and so she goes up and flirts a bit with them. And there's a nice moment there because it just cuts from the flirting and we don't even see. We're just kind of slowly coming into the male bathroom and these guys have kind of like flung all around the bathroom and one guy's having his head smashed into the wall and all that kind of thing. So it's a kind of a pretty cool moment. Um, she returns home and her husband has passed out. Uh, she gives him the big pile of cash and says, we're staying. He says, did you rob a bank? He says, yes, of course. Yep. But he doesn't question that. And then no. she really gets into making love with him. Um, Elmer, meanwhile, has ordered and tries <laughs> on this really lame superhero costume. It's kind of like probably what your son or my son or daughter, you know, uh, these fancy dress costumes that are like Batman and Iron Man. They put, you put them on and they're so sloppy and loose and they've got like, you know, the painted on six pack. So they look really pathetic in a way, yeah, don't they? It's, it's I mean, it's cute on a little child, but it looked really pathetic on Elmer. Yeah, he, was, he, was trying to, he was trying to cinch it in at the yeah, waist. Yeah, he was trying to pull it over his ass, tighten the ass bit. And not a, not a mum. Not mum. <laughs> not mum. Comes in and she sort of laughs and he goes, yeah, it looks pretty lame. Uh, it's so much cooler on the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's kind of left to that. And the and the son at Wendy's house wakes up and the the pool is full full of water. Sorry, that's what money Appa- does. Apparently from a hose. Just from a hose. Those... Well, Wendy's a superhero. She she turned it on when she came home and turned it on real hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He came home to the pool and that was pretty fun. And then Dad jumps in and then we start to have like a little um, little happy moment montagey style of happy moments mm. where. They're, they're, they're jumping in the pool and they're well, having fun and they're yeah and it's a good it's a good like you mentioned before fun and games this is kind of like an upbeat for the fa- for Wendy's family right yeah. so she's now confident she's having a good time she's so- stolen the money she's feeling a bit you know she's she beat up those bad guys she's uh, feeling empowered isn't she she's feeling more in herself she can provide for her son um, I think actually also he woke up to new football boots as well didn't he yeah new yeah. football boots yeah uh, we go then to police are laughing and they're interviewing one of the injured men from the nightclub. Uh, and he's saying, yeah, we all got beaten up by a girl. And they're like, oh, 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 you do, you, all five of you. <laughs> um, so It's uh, a bit rough really because yeah. they have been beaten. Like a yeah. crime has occurred. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's got a broken that, nose. They're you saying can that see. this one woman did it. You, you can't just laugh at him. Like you go, okay, um, she must have your, been a big woman. Was she? Your understanding is that one woman did this. Yeah. Uh, that may or may not be true, yeah. but we need to investigate this and you've clearly suffered trauma. No, this is obviously the German way, the, sorry. The German they way. just laugh yeah. at... Um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I would have expected you to have been beaten up by five big pearly men. <laughs> you are one the little girl. One little girl did this to you? <laughs> We're not the, yeah, we could be. I will laugh at you. Ah, 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 ah. Take my scorn. <laughs> um, anyway, they exit the uh, interrogation room, and in comes Doctor Stern, and she turns off the recorder and just says, "It's nice." She used the same line of dialogue, didn't she? She said, "So, you were beaten up by one girl." Yes. You know, so it's the exact same line. The police were laughing. She's. No, tell me about it. I'm wondering if that guy in the interrogation room got really scared and he's like, oh, it's another one. 
It's a woman. <laughs> and you don't want me to talk about it. You've taken the tape out <laughs> and you're silencing me. No. Yeah. But no. No. So, you know, she. you can see that behind the scenes she's finding out stuff. Uh, Wendy and Elmo go to Malik at uh, the Marine Park and... Um, he explains that there's a psychological ward, there's a senator, a clinic, and it's keeping all the superheroes. They're um, basically just sedating them, and they need to, to need to you know go there and rescue. Um, there, Alma. Um, yeah. So then, so they they come up with the plan to go free all the superheroes. Yeah, Malik's not so convinced because he's like, no, we we we're not like that. We're not. Yeah. We can't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's why they have a prison like that. Yeah. Uh, but he finally, he gets in on the vibe, I think. Yeah. He's vibing. So they, they head off to this centre another night and um, the husband kind of wanted to have a bit of a sexy night. Titanic, champagne. Uh, yeah, I've never champagne. tried that before. Maybe I should try that. Champagne and the Titanic. King is, of the world, I think he is says. Tanya into Titanic? No, I don't think so. But, you know, no. just thought, like, he seemed to think this is going to work on Wendy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Wendy, um, draw me like you draw those um, German girls. Yeah. I oh, my know. God. Oh, my God. Stop, stop, stop. Don't stop. Oh, my God. Uh, she out. enters and seduces the guard. Um, and Elmer cuts the power uh, to the camera. Elmer had his costumes. Uh, he had his costumes. And it was basically like a, a dominatrix. Dominatrix with a or rubber Wendy. mask. <laughs> with a rubber mask. And he's in now like a kind of beefed out suit, Elmer, isn't he? Yeah, but, he's funny with his lightning bolt. Yeah, he's like, and he's like, um, what, what, sorry, what's his name? Electro. Electro Man. Electro Man. Yeah. Uh, so Wendy sort of d- dismisses the outfit. But then I was thinking when she went in and seduced the guard, I'm like, you are on video camera, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, well, they like the whole point a, of a costume is to actually hide your face. The whole secret identity business. Yeah. She's got a wig on, I guess. She goes in and, and wants. <laughs> it's like the always the joke with Clark Kent and superhero Superman just being the glasses. You know, it's like, hey, uh, Clark, you look a lot like Super. Not with the, oh, with the glasses. No, no. Oh, no. I, okay. There's oh, no. They can't be the same person. No, not at all. <laughs> she goes in and. and Seduces the guard by saying she needs to go to the toilet and then kind of hinting that... He could come with her. He could, like... Come and watch or something. Watch her pee? Is that something that people do? I I think there is a thing. I don't know. You might have to look up Pornhub there. Sorry. Watching people? I don't think I will. (laughs) I'm sure there's a whole thing about it. Then we cut to her gaffer taping him up. So he's he's done it. And they... they, they I don't think he ever got to watch her pee. (sighs) Ah. Oh, so it's always disappointing for the security guards. He, he should have just sort of gone, well, you could have at least done a little person. <laughs> but but the, the other two, Malik and yeah. Elmer, come in and they they go, oh, the security cameras. And Elmer just like zaps the thing. Yeah, out. which is pretty cool. I'm hoping that got the hard drives and not just turned the monitors yeah. off because it's the recording that counts. But anyway, yeah. and they, they sneak in through and they, they're peeking through the windows and stuff. Yeah, and they, they see some, you know, People looking a bit lost. Yeah, the they corridor. do. They see there's an art room, like an art therapy room. And Elmer's a bit dismissive, isn't he? He goes, yeah. Oh, freaks. Yeah. Which, and then he, he gets himself a coffee from yes. the vending machine because he can just zap it and make it work, which is just a little bit silly. Yeah. And, and this this is where Wally's sort of piss-farting around like that. This guard comes running and shoots uh, and Malik steps in front of Elmer and gets shot and the bullet just bounces mm. off him. 
which just is pretty cool. Drops to the ground. Yeah, and then they take out the guard uh, nice and quickly. Um, they decide that because there's now the alarms going off, uh, the guards are coming that they should just flee. And so they run out of the building um, and they're confronted outside by quite a large group of guards. This is also a bit of a problem, I think. These guards are very poorly trained. There was, there, there must have been eight or 12 of them surrounding them, mm. pointing guns inward. <laughs> if any of them fired and missed, they would yeah. kill the Another other guards. Guard. <laughs> <laughs> and if they all fired... There would have been at least Dr. one Stone, guard. Dr. Stone, you haven't trained the guards very good. There would have been at least one guard casualty out of that. Mm. I've got to tell you right now. Um, and anyway, Elmer just electrocutes them all because it's raining at the time and zaps them all, which is a nice escape. And uh, they, they flee. They have a bit of a confrontation over it, but afterwards where um, Malik doesn't really like what went down and neither does Wendy. And Malik then argues, he reveals in the argument that he actually lost his wife and his wife and child. He had to pay the ultimate price uh, for trying to be a superpower with them. Uh, he doesn't give us more of that. And he, he says he can't live in society like this. He's retreating back to his homelessness yes uh and wendy kind of storms off as well so elmer's kind of annoyed by the whole situation because he sort of thought hey we're all he doesn't doesn't see a problem with any of it no um so it's a cool cool junction point as a writer isn't it because you've got three characters with superpowers together they're pretty unstoppable as well Hmm. um if they could work together but yeah each one has sort of got a different understanding of the power isn't it yeah a, di- a different relationship yeah, with the power yeah and and how that relationship should be used in society uh so when wendy returns home uh, her husband is nice and drunk because he had to watch titanic all on his own and drink oh all the champagne God. um so he and he accuses her of having an affair which uh, she just kind of denies at that point in time um but he storms off uh malik yeah Malik is then in the back back in the water underwater world Neptune Park place, Neptune Park. Uh, and he's staring at this article where it says a wife and child died in this horrific crash. Um, but again, we don't we don't know much, but we realise there's, uh, there's some sort of attention to his life there. Uh, she's un- she's underwater. She's holding her breath. Yeah, wasn't um, that was sort of a bit weird. She was, seemed to be. A long time. A long time, yeah, yeah. And so, then she noticed someone moving, so she kind of jumps out of the water, grabs uh, grabs the guy, and it's it's her son. He kind of asks her about, well, are you guys getting divorced? Dad watched Titanic on his own last night. That's yeah, very unusual. The only Norm- way... Normally you guys watch Titanic, and then you have a really good time. Yeah, normally normally if Dad is watching Titanic, There's a it's lot of- not by choice. No, no. Um, Unless... <laughs> Unless Dad's a real fan of Leo and uh, Kate Winslet, just let him back on the ice. You know, get let him back on the board. There was plenty of room on that bloody board. Yeah, what was that? I've read a thing. It was a, it's the story of a rich woman f- make, <laughs> making her poor boyfriend freeze to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good on you, Richie. Eh? Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, she, yeah, she, the, she converses with. Um, uh, her son, sorry, no, her son, her son saying, no, no, we're not getting divorced. You know, it's going to be okay. Um, so they have their little moment. 
Elmar is now with not mum, uh, oh. and they're conversing about his actual mum, which is a weird conversation. He's also acting a lot more confident and you know over the top. And he, he takes control of the house lighting and the speakers and starts playing the music and he starts flicking the light. It's almost like there's ghosts in the house, really. And that's, that's what he's trying to convince yeah. her, is that mum's ghost is in the house. Yeah, she's still here. And uh, not a mum runs fleeing for her life with, oh, with her good belongings. Choice. Good choice. Good choice, I think. Um, yeah, and then Wendy talks to her husband. They have they have a big chatted out. They she does say that she had a little thing happen with Elma, which I found funny because yeah. they went to a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it felt a bit funny anyway. And and but she wants to stay and you know be married. And yeah, and do their thing and nicely. Yeah. I think. Yeah. He went. Look, okay. I do love you. And yeah. We we should. We should work continue this out. to work. This I. Out. That was quite an unusual plot twist, really, because mm. you would have expected him to storm off. That to be a catalyst. So he's left, and now she's got nothing left to lose but yeah. to hulk out or something. Yeah. But no, no, he hangs around. Yep. Uh, which is nice. He's a nice boy. Um, Elmer oh. then starts a bit of a plan in motion. He goes to Dr. Stern and... He kind of comes as his old self, really petite, and the glasses are back on, and and kind of oh, I've been having my meds, but I'm really concerned about Malik. This Malik guy came and confronted mm. me, and he's off at this Neptune Park, and you know I think he, he wants to he wants other people to be superheroes with him, and so you know that that he's kind of starting some sort of plan. We then have this kind of cutting between scenes start to happen, so. We're at this barbecue kids party back at Wendy's house. The kids are having fun. They're in the pool. Wendy and her husband seem to have kind of reconnected a little bit again. Uh, and then we're cut into a SWAT team kind of invading the Neptune Park. Um, and then we're back at the barbecue and the kids are kind of splashing, having fun. And then we're and back the to the... the bully kids are there. The bully she, kids, but they're... She, yeah, she sort of stares them down. I'm looking like, at you and he's They like, seem oh, to be okay. having a bit of a chuckle about it all. <laughs> that time you bent my bike. Um, just do what she says. Uh, and then the SWAT team kind of pounce on Malik and they, you know, they tie him up and Dr. Stern is there as well, isn't she? And she kind of... Yeah, yeah oh, that's right. They get gassed and yeah. They gas him. And Elmar rocks up at the party mm. and just about murders a child. Yes, he does. So, so he's really turned into the bad guy. Yeah, young boy says, oh, are you the clown? <laughs> and he says, what, the clown? He says, yeah, you're... The entertainment. The entertainment. And he says, no. He says, oh, oh I'm Electro Man. And the guy laughs at it like, like Batman. He says, yes. And he says, well, Batman's better. Mm. He says, no, Batman just has gadgets and toys he's a rich guy he just spends all his money yeah. and I could just come in there and put one finger and then he starts coming over and then Wendy comes over and grabs him and says what are you doing here come yeah. along and he's because he's, he's wearing his full superhero regalia yeah yeah which is it, it, and this is the funny thing also in superhero movies where they walk around like that you kind of it's a bit weird it's so odd isn't it's it it's a bit yeah. weird so he walks with him into the house and says you know what the he, very heck are you doing here, man? Yeah, and he, he still wants to be with her. He's, he, he shows her the comic book the comic where it's like is. two superheroes coming and together and they've the got hand? a baby. They've got their, they're holding hands and the yeah. hands make a little love heart. Yeah, yeah, and oh, they've got a baby. So it's like they're going to have a super baby. Yeah. They, they were to get it on. But she says, no, she loves her husband. She's staying with him. 
he's got a uh, you know, jerk off. <laughs> and uh, so he's a rejected superhero walking down the street and he comes across there's two cyclists that kind of have a good chuckle and so he changes the lights to cause a bit of a deadly car crash Ooh. with them yeah, that nice? um, and walks on sort of smirking. Uh, Wendy now sort of reveals everything to her husband about the being a super superpower and... Um, uh, he sort of goes, oh, yeah, no worries. You know, that's all good. And he sort of turns around to call Dr. Stern. Yeah, says, yeah, and uh, she throws him through a wall, basically, a wooden wall. Um, hurts and his arm. Hurts his arm. And, and everyone there at the party, all the family and friends, kind of like, oh, geez, it's a bit of domestic abuse going on. Yeah, they were sort of looking in with those I would have thought they would have done with the police officer. Oh, you got beat up by a girl. <laughs> so... Uh. But maybe they know Wendy's more Domestic serious. abuse is always a laughing matter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here in Germany, <laughs> we laugh at... No. Well, no, we don't We don't laugh at it if it's a man hurting a woman, but if it's a woman hurting a man, ha, 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 how can yeah. you be really hurt? Yes, yes. Um, Anyway, then Elmer uh, and his dad have a real moment, and his dad apologises, and Elmer says, when's the last time you hugged your son? And he's like, you're, you know, you're right, we should hug it out. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a bit of a change it was really and then he just actually electrocutes him well this has got wendy's coming up behind to talk to elmo like oh i need to straighten stuff out and she sees this yes she does and she runs in and tries to help the dude and can't it's yeah can't and then she gets zapped by him yeah unconscious and she wakes up in the clinic with Dr. Yeah, Stern. She's, she's all tied up. On. This is a nice twist in the story. I was not expecting this. I kind mm. of thought, you know, we'll head into just a confrontation probably between Elmer and Wendy, mm. you know, on top of the buildings, you know, good old superhero battle kind of, so to speak. But she's really at Dr. Stern's mercy. She's been fed the blue pills she's got the, the drip through in the drip, arm. so she's lost her power. Um, and Dr. Stern, this is where Dr. Stern really explains, look, you know, I'm just protecting you guys. Like, I'm here, I'm, I'm helping you. You know, I'm protecting you from danger, you know. Um, and she has a flashback to the start where her mum and uh, herself are in the principal's office. And the principal is talking about discipline. Yes, and, you know, Wendy's been acting out and not being disciplined enough. Yes, we're not going to address any uh, issues or any reasons why she might be doing this. No, we don't do Instead, that Instead, we're going to confiscate her Walkman. Yes, let's start with this Walkman. Yes. <laughs> and it really pisses Wendy off, and Wendy just literally throws him out the, through the wall, the, the whole desk. Tosses the table, done. Yeah, tosses the desk, and they, but, they um, go Yeah, unfortunately, the principal's stuck between the desk and the wall. Yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Stern is saying, look, I can help you uh, if you let us. Um, and she turns up the medicine, so you know she's going to drug her out a bit more. Uh, and th- this is also kind of good that um, her husband and Dr. Stern have a conversation and she says, look, Wendy had a relapse. We've got to you know, dose her up. We've got to have her for a while and you know, maybe she'll come back. But also, I think we need to test your son. And I was like, oh, that's a little... Well, she just said she needed to talk to him because he might have had some trauma. Trauma, yeah. But you could see what the reason was, yeah. Yeah, Um, sure enough, she does prescribe. She does, yeah, because you see him later, don't you? Um, Anyway, Wendy starts... There's a nice little montage here. She, like, takes pills. The pills arrive. She takes pills. She kind of paints... She's kind of like, you can see the light is going out in her eyes. More pills arrive. She takes them. She swallows them. She's like with the others. 
she takes pills, she swallows them. You know, she she notices Malik and she recognizes him, but he doesn't recognize her. Um, so there's a nice little kind of moment of like her really becoming weak and um, nothing. And then, and then it, it even ends. She's trying to open a jar. Yeah, and she can't open this jar. I, I joked to my wife as the uh, the jalapenos. That's, yeah. I always because the the lid on that damn thing is so wide. I've got only I've got little hands. Yeah, I got short stubby fingers and wide palms. I, I can't get a proper grip, and, uh, and so that, I I really felt for her at that. That's that's the jalapeno. It's not. Jar. It's a really nice moment isn't it you got to remember those moments as a writer because she you know here she is she threw someone through a wall and yet she can't now open a jar you know um and then that's uh yeah elma rocks up he, he apologizes to her she doesn't want to know anything about it um and he actually gives her the old headphones which is a bit of a nice touch um and he tells her he will free her yeah, from you, this you're, place you're being held back yeah, you yeah. you mentioned it before that your family's holding you back you know i, I can I'll I can free you. free you. Yeah. And I know you immediately get that sinking feeling and go, oh, that's yeah. that's not good. It's not good at all. And Elmer's got a bit of an evil plan. And he, he takes off and we don't see where he goes yeah. specifically. She's but, stuck. She's stuck in her prison. But then the power goes out in the, in the yeah. place. And it does. It cuts from there, that sinking feeling. It cuts from there to the son taking the pills. Yes. At home with the, with the dad and the lights go out. And so they start to have a, you know, a father-son moment about the light, you know. Oh. Is it the end of the world? End of the world, no. Just because we don't have batteries and TV, you know, we can read a book. Um, and it's the same at the clinic. The lights go out and the doors unlock. Um, and we cut back to the husband. Uh, there's a knock on the door. So he goes and... Elmer's there at the front door and they have a real confrontation and, you know, Elmer gets knocked out by the husband. I, I like um, that. Yeah, I, I did that too. Elmer can electrocute, but he's, yeah, he's not, not particularly tough. No, he's not tough, you know. Um, and then he offers to shake on it, which you're like, oh. There's Electro Man, yeah, don't shake hands. Don't shake hands. Um, uh, and then at the clinic, uh, they're all sort of escaping and Wendy's kind of running from some guards and all the prisoners are... Some are running, some are staying, some are a bit confused by it all. And there's that one particular one that we see, that woman. Yeah, the same woman over and over that we've seen a few times. nothing ever came of that. No, nothing ever came of that. Um, And Dr. Stern suddenly arrives with a couple of guards and stops her and says, you know, you you come back to your room, you'll be okay, you know, it's all okay. Um, Malik rocks up and kind of confronts and saves Wendy uh, you know, and makes the situation kind of escalate a little bit. Um, and he gets shot. And because he's been taking the medicine, doesn't have the powers. So, so he gets he's, bloodied. He gets Blood bloodied. comes out and he looks a bit shocked. Yeah. And he falls down. And, of course, Stern is distraught. She's yeah really unhappy about this, which is nice. Yeah, but Wendy takes that opportunity gives her a left hook. Kapuchow. <laughs> and then it has this nice little moment with Malik yeah. where, where Malik sort of says, oh, I finally get to see my wife and child yeah. again, you know. Which others sort of find is like, you know, you're not, you're going to like die. Yeah, I know. But yeah. It, yeah, it's common, isn't it? Like, oh, well, my family have moved on. I'll move on. Um, yeah. Other pa- pa- patients run free and, and Malik dies. Um, we cut back to Wendy's house. The, the, it's the only house in the street, like where the lights are kind of coming on and off and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Elmer and the boy are there. You can't see the husband. Um, yeah, Elmer's saying some garbage about, Formula One cars racing. Yeah. It's, it's an F one thirty five racing up against it. Blah blah blah. You know these things. That's just nonsense. It's it's ridiculous. It doesn't do anything. Um, so Wendy comes running in and confronts, but 
she's not strong anymore, so she gets overthrown pretty quickly. Uh, and she's kind of lying on the floor, and Elma's kind of saying, well, you know, I'm going to set you free. It's all good. You know, you just got to come over to this side. She notices the husband. He's all tied up in the bathroom. Mm. Um, and at this point, he's kind of managed to get himself a little bit free, and he throws the gloves out uh, at her. And so she puts on these kitchen gloves. Oh, no, uh, rubber gloves, sorry. Pretty heavy rubber gloves, yeah. yeah. And uh, she runs at Elmo with all her strength and pushes really hard, and he gets pushed out the window and lands in the pool and electrocutes himself. Yes, zip, zap, zoop. Uh, the husband and Wendy have a moment. They talk about like a fresh start. He will protect her, which is a bit of irony. Yes. Um, at the same time, then the SWAT team are all arriving and you think, oh no, they're going to get Wendy. And when they kind of barge into the house, uh, yeah, the husband and the son are just sitting there with a dead body covered uh, covered up, which says high voltage. Danger, high voltage. Yes. Danger, high voltage. When you touch. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and Wendy's kind of just watching on then, like seeing her husband and son. Uh, she leaves the headphones for the son as a nice little kind of circle back to the start. And that she will take over Malik's work and bring together the superheroes. Um, we're coming for them, she says. A group of them then stand on a rooftop. Oh, I it's presume. A, it's a mismatched group though, isn't it? It is. They don't look. And some of them have come from the centre. Yes, we recognise them from the, the room, the painting room. Yeah, and they, I, I really like this scene. It was, it was that, it's kind of epic. It was an effort at epic because they, they, they did this bit of a take on this in the hospital entry. Mm. They marching down the hall with a bit of a yeah, swagger, yeah. but it just didn't look like it. There was nah. no bright lights and smoke behind them. Nope. And this again, likewise, they're standing with the wind whipping them. They're looking and there's like um, an old woman and then like sort of a, a an overweight guy with sort of part of his hair bleached <laughs> and he's wearing like a hospital gown. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just, just totally mismatched, not heroic looking at all, but they're all in the heroic pose with the wind blowing. And we, we get a bit of voiceover of, of Wendy talking, saying, you know, we were lift up beneath their noses and uh, we we're will like open, their, open eyes their eyes. Because, together. Because in reality, you are one of us. You just don't know it. I can't help but feel they were aiming for a TV series. Yeah. Out of this. It's like like they kept showing that that same woman. Because mm. we saw her in the notes when she was looking through and found Elmar. And then we saw her a couple of times at the uh, centre of the clinic. Yes. But then also, uh, yeah, later on, like, it's just a bit odd. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, the film did this a little bit that... You know, not everything was totally solved, and that's always that. Yeah. You know, non-horror, uh, sorry, horror Hollywood narrative. You know, like you might have a character like that outside of the characters that we actually mm. see in the narrative, but they're like because that's the thing at the end she, when she's pinning, she has her photo. Yes, you know, so she's she's the one that she might go and speak to next, but so she's not in this story yet. But you're right; it could become a TV show where. She's kind of trying to piece together these super. Well, it is it is Netflix, and they do have the power to go. Yeah. Well, that that movie was pretty cool. Would you like yeah. to do a TV series yeah, or, or another movie, or you know, make a trilogy mm. kind of uh, idea? So that brings us to the end of the narrative. What about 
Where does it fit on our ladder? Where would you recommend watching it, Surrey? Somewhere in between 2001 Space Odyssey and The Matrix. (laughs) No, that's on our classics. This is our regular ladder. So for me, I really enjoyed this. It was a good heartwarming kind of story. As I said before, it was like an experiment. It wasn't quite a, uh, you know, like... uh, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't really a warning or it wasn't really hopeful in a way, although it has a positive end. But I did like how it made me feel, and quite often that's my gauge with a lot of these films, is basically how I'm walking away from the film and like what it's, how it is making me feel about it. And also how much lingers with me, I think, is always a good test. Um, I liked this idea of wannabe superheroes, uh, a wannabe superhero styled film. Although Wendy didn't necessarily want to be a superhero, she just she just wanted to have a kind of good life. I think. Um, so for me, I'm bringing it in at number nine on my regular ladder, and so that comes in after Interstellar and before the Australian film Infinity. How about yourself? I pegged this one because I, I looked through and I thought, what on my ladder here? As you said. If I was watching films, yeah, where would it sort of fit nicely? And I, I put it in between replicas and serenity. Okay. So I'm going like, so serenity is this this kind of sort of fast paced space western. It's mm. a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's not humor, humorous, but it's it's a light take on serious topics. Yeah. But then you got replicas, which is sort of a bit of a darker take on this series, yeah. same family type things. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, Freaks, you one of us, kind of in there. Yeah. Sandwich in there between, uh, what was it, Nathan Fillion and uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good mix for a German super, a science fiction superhero film. And what about uh, the science? What science sticks out in this film for you, Sorry. Well, real life superheroes. Oh, yeah. Where are they? Show yeah. me. Where are they? Apart Where from they're... yourself. There's there's a couple. There's, there's there's actually a couple. Okay, so there's one guy in particular mm. is outstanding. Are they, are these people on medication then? Are they are they being toned down by the government? Well, if this guy's been toned down, I'd hate to see what he's like when he's a full ball. <laughs> no, so so this guy here, Dean Carnazis, he is. The ultimate endurance man. Ooh. He has literally won, run non-stop for three days and nights. The only reason he had to stop, he fell asleep. Oh, there you go. Uh, he has he holds a record for running fifty marathons. That's one in each U.S. state in fifty days consecutively. Wow! Okay. So like that is. Essentially, otherwise impossible. I've run a marathon. I, mm. I, I did it twice, yeah. and you get to about the thirty to thirty-two, thirty-three kilometer mark. Mm. You run out of glycogen in your muscle stores, and your body has to change over to, you know, fat usage. Yeah. And at that point, you you get hot. Your muscles really start to hurt, and you that's called the that's the wall they talk about. You hit this wall where where all of your metabolism just goes bang. Yep. And you can't continue. Uh, you push through, but it, it's really not very pleasant. Yeah. He does not experience that. Ah. So they've, they've done a number of tests on him because, yeah, yeah. like, quite seriously, uh, for example, when he was uh, in his high school days, he did a um, charity fundraiser where, you, you know, how many laps you do, you get paid per lap. 
And most of his fellow runners do about 15 laps of the oval. Right. He completed 105. Yeah. So we're not talking about like, oh, he did 16 or 17. Oh, he's a bit better. Yeah, yeah. He did almost like eight times the number yeah, of yeah. laps. Uh, and then he stopped running. Yeah. Like after high school, you know, he got a job and whatever. And yeah, yeah. He, he didn't run. And until about on his 30th birthday, he went, oh, you know what? I really like running. I remember that about, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And so he went for a run. And so this is 15 years of no training. Yep. He's, he's not done any running or any particular athletic sports. Yep. He ran 30 miles. So mm. that's a marathon. That's yep. 45 kilometers. Yep. Or thereabouts. You, you, I, I cannot express how mind-bogglingly insane that is. Yeah, yeah. If I went now, and I've been continuously cycling, I'm not doing so much running now because uh, of a sore hamstring I had. But I, you know, I cycle every day. I've done yep. runs. I've, uh, as I said, I've, I've run a couple of runs. If I went right now and tried to run a half marathon, like 20 mm. kilometers, I seriously wonder if I would make it before my legs seized up and I said, nah. Yeah, I mean, I might because you don't actually hit that threshold point by then. But I would not want to have that occur to me. Yeah, yeah. Now he stopped in that. He said he got sore blisters, but no muscle aches or pains, no mm. problems. Yeah, yeah. So the that goes far beyond uh, normal human capabilities. Definitely. And in fact, they did a bit of bit of experimenting and and hey let's have a look to see what's going on here and in fitness you've got a couple of different thresholds so you've got the first one which is your uh anaerobic threshold so that is if you're picking up heavy bags of sand for example yeah you can do that you know for a little while without breathing heavily you can pick up a couple yep because you're just using the immediate blood glucose that's sitting readily available and can be immediately extracted. Yep. You don't need any particular um, cardiovascular effort to do that. Uh-huh. But there is a certain point where it crosses over and then you start breathing heavily mm-hmm. because you need a lot of oxygen. To st- you go into this aerobic um, metabolism, which uses oxygen, as the name says, to break down glucose or glycogen into glucose to give you the energy. But the process of your body using that energy creates lactic acid. Lactic acid then enters into a secondary cycle and is broken down to uh-huh. reform into glucose and further lactic acid. Yeah, right. But you can see, though, if you keep pushing yourself for longer and longer, eventually your burning glucose turns to lactic acid. Some of the lactic acid turns back into glucose to be burnt into, turned into more lactic acid. Yeah. You start getting this buildup of lactic acid and that causes your muscles to hurt. And so it's a self-limiting factor. So you can train your aerobic fitness to absorb more oxygen, but the rate at which you clear your lactic acid does not readily change much. Like it only changes a small amount with training. Okay. Not for this guy. Mm. For this guy... No lactic acid. He has got... <laughs> so the the way we clear lactic acid is we've got a couple of enzymes which readily break it down into glucose to be used. Mm. And we need to produce those enzymes with oxygen to do it. Right. He produces a lot 
of enzymes. Ah. He does not have a lactic acid threshold like you or I do. Yeah. He, in theory, would have one, but other parts of his physiology prevent him from reaching that threshold. Yeah, right. So he simply can't be fit enough to exert his muscles for long enough mm. to have this buildup. And so as a result, he can literally run a marathon every day for 50 days. Yeah, okay. Which, and, it's incredible. And at the end of it, yeah, he's got a couple of blisters, whatever. Yeah. He's okay. Yep. Uh, he did a marathon to the South Pole in negative 25 degrees centigrade. Mm, yep. It's just, you know, tell me this is not superhuman. It's a guy well, it's superhuman, isn't it? Sitting yeah. around doing nothing 15 years and then, just and then runs. runs a marathon. Yeah, yeah. It's like Forrest so on, a, on a whim. He just yeah. goes, oh, I might go run. Yeah, he ran for like, I think the longest run he's done is 350 miles mm. nonstop. He gets sleepy on some of these runs they're going for yeah. so long. That's one superhuman. A yeah, real, yeah. that's a, and literally a freak. Yeah. Because there's very few like him. So few, in fact, I couldn't find any others. <laughs> Examples, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's not cool. all. Oh, no. More super freaks. Now we're going to talk about myostatin. Wow. Myostatin is a hormone which blocks and inhibits the growth of muscle. Ah, so, okay, yeah, I've heard so about this. this is really helpful yeah. because our muscles, like our heart and our, our um, digestive system mm. and you know the diaphragm for our lungs and, of course, all our skeletal muscles, we don't want them to grow out of control or yeah. our heart will go too big and we'll die. Yep. But if you have just enough inhibition of your myostatin, you're just the right genetic defect... Mm-hmm. then you grow big muscles and you're strong. Yeah, right. So there's this guy, Liam Herkstra, what's his last name? Herkstra. 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 Good old so, Herkstra. So that'd be, yeah, uh, of, in Michigan. So it says here, by, uh, he was um, adopted. Yeah. So don't really know who his parents are. Like, obviously it's recorded somewhere, I suppose, but... By eight months old, so at five months old, he could do the uh, the gymnastic move known as the Iron Cross. So right. that's where you see them on the rings, yep. and they bring themselves up so their arms are out straight to either yeah, side, yeah. so they're like in the cross formation. Yes. And that is an advanced move. Like yeah. a five-month-old <laughs> having that sort of body-to-weight strength is crazy. Yeah, it is. Eight months old, he could do a pull-up, mm-hmm. and at nine months, he's going up and down stairs. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so he's a super baby. So, yeah, so they, the parents went, okay, this is unusual. Let's go make sure this is okay. Yeah. And, and sure enough, they found out that basically he had a, a variation in his myostatin gene, which gives him about 40% extra muscle, particularly mm. located in his arms, shoulders, and legs. Right. It doesn't seem to affect his heart or, you know, internal organs. Yep. So he's only mildly done. But he's not the strongest. Mm. It's, it's, it's you do impressive. wonder whether... Is that is he okay to enter the Olympics? I know. You know, like it's a question, isn't it? Is it genetic? Because it's genetically... He's, he's genetically modified in a way. Well, after a German baby came into the light who had a stronger myostatin gene... Um, uh, mutation. He mm. was a true mutation, as in they, they they sequenced his DNA and went, bingo, that actually is a mutation on this particular gene here which controls yeah. myostatin production. 
uh, I think he's the one. It doesn't say in this this um, this article here on ABC News that I'm looking at at the moment, but I remember reading that there was a couple athletes mm. who were both Olympic and national level sprinters. Yep. Whose child had this, and they were yeah, German. Right. So I'm going to assume it's this German kid. And so they they sequenced the parents and found that the parents had a recessive form of this gene in each of them. Mm. So because they both got together, like they had, they didn't have the same level of super muscles, Mm. but they're certainly extremely capable athletes. Yeah. And there is a question being asked then of, what was his name? Uh, Oh, John Faulkner no. is a professor of physiology. Yeah. Um, they've been asked this question. Can we detect gene doping? Yeah. Like yeah. with uh, our gene manipulation technology nowadays, mm. you could go in and alter a you know an embryo mm. to have this particular defect. Because like, they get old Liam's DNA and they go, okay, this is a very specific change yeah. which is leaving him, it appears to leave him healthy and everything except he has a very low body fat and a very high musculature yeah even though he, do, he doesn't work out or anything yeah and yep. he apparently he eats like a machine mm-hmm. because he's got a very high metabolism yeah well yes you could just create uh you yeah, know, babies right. like that babies like that yeah and they're not all going to turn out right they're not but would certain nations or seeking glory yep. do it yeah, oh, I don't know. yeah so maybe uh, but then there's also the thing is what about drugs which uh, mimic this and inhibit yeah. my state yeah. so but certainly point. Guys, there's some super strength yes, right there definitely. it does point out here that, that some mice they've studied this in mice and some dogs where it happens and there's also the Belgian blue do yourself a favor and google images Belgian blue cow. Yeah, yeah. The double are. double muscle cow. They're, double muscle they're, cow, they're, yeah. They're crazy. They are. Uh, but it points out that certainly in mice, uh, uncontrolled or muscle growth causes the uh, the tendons and ligaments to be brittle and they're not strong enough. So as I was saying with in the movie where she does her big jump and so on, mm. if, if you, in order to be able to actually exhibit exert your strength you need a body strong enough to withstand it you do because if you get a muscle that could kick a soccer ball into space then it could easily also kick your leg off (laughs) you could kick your foot off you know if you swung your foot that hard against a soccer ball the force hitting the soccer ball is the same force hitting your foot so you've got got to presume that Wendy's strength is on a cellular level throughout the whole body so so she's not going to be invincible like Malik was yeah but she would, you know, if you tried to punch her, it'd be like punching a brick wall. Yes. Because, uh, you know, if she could kick that soccer ball and her foot stayed on the, her leg yep. and she didn't wince or have any pain, no. then she is tough. Yes. Okay. There's there's a, a third one here. And this is a more common, I say more common, it's still pretty rare, but it is called um, highly superior autobiographical memory. Mm, So there are some people who essentially remember everything. Yes. Where you ask them a day in their life, you pick a random day in their life, and they can tell you what they were doing. Yep. And this can be corroborated by, you know, video footage and all sorts of things where they 
just they just remember every single day. They remember all the features of it as if it was happening. Yes. And this is the sad thing. They don't forget anything either. Yeah. So one of the natural defenses we have against trauma is we forget stuff. Yes. So if someone was mean to us, we might still carry a certain um, discomfort, yep. maybe about the person, but the exact meanness we don't remember. Yes. If we fall over and break our arm, I haven't done that, but I sprained my ankle plenty of times. Yeah. You you forget what that pain really was. Mm. Yeah. These people, when they remember, call up a memory, they get everything. Yeah. They haven't forgotten the the pain or the emotion or the trauma. Pleasantly enough, and, and I was reading an interview with uh, one of these people, mm. they kept a diary list of good times and good days. Right. And so if they're having a bad day, they, they pull out their list and they look up, oh, yes, 2nd of January, 1992. That's why I got that puppy. Yeah. Oh. And they'll remember it. They'll actively yeah, yeah. recall it and, and, and be filled, the with, they'll be filled yeah. with that joy that they had yeah. rather than putting us... Uh, the sad thing is then it's... You ever heard that one? You, you can't not think about a purple rhinoceros. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so the problem is if you ask someone, do you remember anything bad? Yeah. They're going to remember bam, something bam, bad. Bam, bam, so, bam, yeah. So, yeah, um, you don't want to end up with a serious trauma with this type of memory. Yes. But this is a perfect memory. Uh, appears in a number of other ways. There's this guy I was reading about he can listen to a piece of music once and then play it. Mm. So he'll listen to someone for the first time ever playing a piece of music on piano and he'll sit down. He plays piano. Yeah. And he'll sit down and he'll start tink, 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 a couple of bits in it and he'll kind of, you can hear him kind of working his way into it. He's, he's concentrating. He tinks a, a ran around a bit and he goes, okay, okay. And then he starts, he plays the piece. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, there's another guy, an artist. He, he does um, landscape city skyline and so forth yeah you know they gave him a, a helicopter ride around rome uh about 10 minutes around the rome skyline and he sat down and just drew like yeah a detailed accurate skyline of you mm. know cityscape of rome yeah, so yeah. there are definitely superpowers yeah, out definitely. there and of course a lot of these things like to tell us that we do ourselves have superpowers and in a way, we do, of course, uh, all of us, because we do have our brains, and our brains are capable of the most incredible thoughts, ideas, you know, creation. And there's even things like there's this guy, Wim Hof. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, the Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman guy. Most of what he does is, you know, basically his brain tricking his body. Yeah. You know, like he is not more. He's not somehow immune to ice, mm. but he is able to control his pain responses mm. and his blood flow responses, which goes a long way to helping. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and he, he reckons he can teach that. And he has taught people to varying degrees of success. Yeah. His, his methods. Yep. So there is, there is a, a great deal in there. And I haven't even got into the placebo effect. Yes. Which... I won't go into it all. No, but leave that at, for look, another movie. Read that up because the placebo effect is also just incredible that that it even exists. Yes, well, then that could beg that question. And it's like, well, if you thought you were a superhero, could you just be a superhero? 
Yeah, there are or have been well, are you just crazy? people acting as costume superheroes in yeah. the States. Like there's a dude that goes around dressed up and he doesn't bust crimes. Mm. He helps people out. Yeah. In various ways. And, then, and of there's course, also the guy that climbs the skyscraper, skyscrapers, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, there's, there's a guy, what he would do, he would walk around and he'd put uh, with spare coins and put money into parking meters. Yeah, superhero. <laughs> uh, and there's another guy who would hand out condoms, yeah. uh, like on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there'd be a couple... All superheroes. There'd be a like couple walking to the taxi ranks and he'd be handing out condoms. Like, yeah. That's more practical superheroism, isn't it? Superhero in a good way, yes. He doesn't have to do that. No. He's doing that all on his own, you know. He's making right. people's day. I'd much rather Superman did that to me. Like, not, not <laughs> Hand out condoms. Condom. That'd be a bit weird. Thanks, Superman. But you could imagine him. I'm walking along and I'm, I'm about to sneeze. You've got x-ray vision, Superman. You give me a condom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to sneeze. He hands me a pack of tissues. That's right. Oh. That's awesome. Thank you. Nice. All right. Awesome. That brings us... And you are a freak... I am a freak. We are freaks. That's what this movie leaves you on, and that's what I want to leave you on tonight. Uh, let us know what you thought about Freaks. You're one of us. Uh, what we talked about. Hit us up on our socials, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're also on the interwebs. Interwebs. Out there, Google us. You'll find us. There's more of that Googling to come, and you'll find us in more places. And the next episode, at number 52, I've picked the movie called The Discovery. The Discovery. 2017. It is available, as always, on Netflix. Uh, It's directed by Charlie McDowell. Check it out. I haven't seen it. We're going in joy-watching, and I hope you you do that too. I do too. But there is one last question of any listeners out there. I talked about the difference of German films and Mm. filming. I can't put my finger quite on the exact combination or why this sort of German and and some of the the Norse, Scandinavian sort of films have this same sort of feel. If anyone does, drop us a line and and, and explain Germanic filmmaking. Mm, Current, because it's very different to... I could talk a lot about German expressionism film, that happened way back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s. But, yeah, it, that's not what's going on in these films. So what's the modern-day German film? Yeah, interesting. Felix, let us know. Felix, get in touch. <laughs> All right, thanks, folks, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.